Well, welcome back, dear listeners, to the next episode of uh, Grim Lore, the lore podcast for all your... We're not in Warhammer Fantasy anymore. For all your grim, dark fantasy and sci-fi needs. Ray, where the hell are we? Um, That's a good question. You see, I invited my cousin over. I told him to, you know, bring the good stuff. I did not realize he would be lacing his good stuff with a shit ton of warp dust. Damn it, so, Ray. You uh, told, damn it, Ray. You brought the wood elf with shrooms and warp <laughs> dust. I, damn it. I knew it. I knew it. This shit is why I drink. <laughs> Look, I can't get hungover, but I can certainly get stoned as fuck off my balls. <sighs> well, I suppose you know a little bit about where we are, so might as well teach, teach me about it and our new guest. Coming over from the Hobby Happy Hour, we have Jono. Hello. Welcome, Jono. Thanks for having me. It's uh, it's my pleasure. How are you this fine Australian day, I suppose? I am I am quite fantastic, you know, doing doing some things, doing some stuff. Got a few things in the pipeline. Not much. Exciting. Really. Exciting, though. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <sighs> That's good though. I'm happy. I love when we have guests. I love I love every episode we have a new guest. It's fun. Yes, this is, it's a lot of fun because it always brings in like a whole new perspective than just me and Ray bitching at each other over elves and dwarves. <laughs> yes, there's a lot less racial slurs being thrown around when there's, when there's a third person. We have to behave ourselves around. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I yeah, general practice. I think that might be a good thing, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so Ray, what are you going to teach? Oh. Before we officially start, do you mind if I ask Jono something? Yes, go for it. Uh, Jono. Yes. This is something I've, I'm trying to make a habit for asking everyone who we have a guest on. Um, are you in our pressure? Are you <laughs> you were in our Discord? Yes. Yes, I am. Excellent. Um, what is your faction flair in our in our uh, in our Discord? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, uh, yeah okay um i think i picked who did i pick i went orcs oh you nice. went to orcs nice yeah because yeah. like i was just mixing it up i've got a soft spot for orcs obviously like my background is 40k so i, I don't know if we want to like twist the the genres here but yeah so like but i've got a soft spot for orcs and i think they're cool. Orcs are cool. That's awesome. Right. I, I, I like that. I like asking people their, their flares because everyone ha- brings their own little dynamic. Like, I like yeah. hearing what people like, especially like hearing that. Like, I think you're the only one who actually has orcs. Yeah. Like, so in far. our Discord, which I appreciate. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, on your, on your Discord, like, you've got like a few lists. And, like, I think what you guys, what, Gerard's a bit of a dwarf fan. You're an elf boy, if I'm mistaken yeah we're we're we like our respective races we're on the discord we're we're categorized as great old ones though because we like created discord just like the great old ones created the warhammer fantasy universe so it kind of just fit in general but Uh, but yeah i had to i had to shout out to the old boys that's just in there for a good fight and a bit of destruction so that's right up my alley not (laughs) yes no i mean everyone loves the orcs oh yeah i've I've yet to meet someone who like doesn't find the orcs in like Warhammer in general. 
enjoyable. Like it, they're they're a fun species. They're a fun race. They're, yeah, yeah, they're definitely a lot of fun. Well, now we know what to bring you on whenever Ray decides to talk about orcs. Yeah, well, uh, I'm I'm more like uh, when we when we talk about like uh, fantasy or AOS or whatever the hell it's called nowadays, like law wise, um. I'm like a blank canvas. I know a little bit from the old, old, old days, but yeah, that's about it, man. Well, you're in luck because we, that's for the most part, that's actually what we do is kind of cover like the old, older Warhammer fantasy stuff. We'll pay like a little bit of lip service to Age of Sigmar just for relevance. But for the most part, our focus is on like Warhammer, traditional Warhammer fantasy or the old world. As yeah, the old know. world. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Nowadays. Yes. Yeah. Um... However, oh, go ahead. No, 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 no. Okay. Um, but today we are actually not going to be covering Warhammer Fantasy. <gasps> today we're going to be covering Gasp! a <laughs> the betrayal, the lies. Today we're doing something that's a little bit different. Something that is actually very close to my heart. Because for Warhammer Fantasy, I've been like on and off with like Warhammer. Well, not on and off. I've been on and off with Warhammer Fantasy for like the past, I want to say like four years, maybe. I've mostly been investing in Warhammer like 40K for the better part of two years going in, going into three. Oh, you but, guys are young bloods. Yeah, I know. We, uh, we, we am youngins. But oh, um, yeah. <laughs> the series we're covering today is something that's basically consumed almost 10 years of my life. I think it's coming on the ninth year now. Yeah, I, I think I've been in. I've, I've been investing this universe for about eight years, coming on to nine. So, so you've been invested in this longer than Warhammer. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Ah, no wonder we're yes. in a different place this time. Yes, yes, yes. Like for reference, um, for for our listeners, they can already see the they they see the title. They can they probably confuse us as hell. Why the hell we're covering something else besides Warhammer Fantasy? And to them, I have to <laughs> say, this is a pilot for future episodes when we cover additional series. Because again, we aren't just covering Warhammer Fantasy. We cover all your grimdark settings. And there are some people who might say the setting we're covering right now is not grimdark. I say, shut up and let me discuss the universe we're covering. All right, so, shutting up right now. <laughs> so we're leaving the, the, the world of hammers and wars um, that we've been covering the last couple episodes. Because today we're going to be covering the Destiny universe from the Ooh. Bungie game Destiny One and Destiny Two. Awesome! Fantastic. So now, again, you guys might say, "Oh, well, Destiny's not that grim dark. Or it doesn't seem like that grim dark. Oh, it's a post-apocalyptic. It's a post-apocalypse. That's not that bad." But you have to consider, okay? So for those who don't know what Destiny is, it's a place where humanity has basically been wiped out. And the last remnants of humanity is basically cowering in what is considered a mega city or a hive city in Destiny standards. That's where the last bit of humanity is stuck in this, this city. And it's basically been perpetually under siege from four different alien races that are at war with humanity and, and each other. Now, on top of that, the people of this city live under constant martial law from ageless immortals who... For the better, for in some cases, could could care less about humanity. Some care, some care about humanity. That's it isn't to say none of them don't, but there is a high a high amount of them who are very willing to 
abandon humanity in the last city to follow their own goals. So if that doesn't scream grimdark, I don't really know what does. It sounds kind of suspiciously similar to something that's near and dear to my heart, which is Halo, with humanity being under siege by a bunch of aliens and, you know, basically under martial law and all of this, you know, wacky sci-fi technology and stuff, which also happens to incidentally be made by Bungie. So, hmm, interesting here. <laughs> Indeed. And given this is our seventh episode, hmm, makes you wonder if we did this on purpose. No, we just fucking flew. We just fucking guessed. <laughs> <laughs> so, so wait, what? 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 What does seven have to do with anything? Jail, do you want to go ahead? Sure. Come so, on. so me. the so the producers of Destiny and Halo are Bungie Bungie Studios, and Bungie has this thing for the number seven. Um, and like a lot of the lore books, there's like different hidden references to number seven and all the, I, I didn't notice it when I played uh, the first destiny, but especially, but definitely in halo and some of their older games too, like uh, I think marathon, it was called, there were all these hidden references to number seven and like, uh, like uh, a character from halo has like a scar that's in the shape of seven and halo. There are seven halo rings. And uh, I think there were like seven species of covenant or something like that, that you fight in one of the games or basically like there's just a bunch of hidden ref- Easter eggs related to seven, so that's uh, so that's why the seven has a significance to basically any Bungie fans or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Yes. Never, never, I, I was never. I never dabbled with the Halo experience. Yeah, and honestly, neither have I. I've I've been a PlayStation boy my whole life, yeah. except for that one time I played uh, Xbox when I was like seven. And I was playing with my friend Rory. Shout out to him. I don't know. He doesn't fucking listen, but you know, shout out to him. <laughs> and I remember having this. I remember like running down the hallway and he's just like screaming at me. I'm like the seven year old boy. He's like 16. He's like, run, 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 run. Get to the other, get to the other hallway. Protect that Sark. He's going to die. And I'm like, I don't know how to spread. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, I was PlayStation because like, I, I'm obviously. A senior citizen, so I was born and raised in the um, the old days of the console wars, and it was like pick your side and you stuck with it. So not like it is now. peaceful and loving. So none of these privileged kids who get yeah. Xboxes and Playstations and their PCs and their yeah. X twenty fours. Just they didn't know the hardships of what we did to pay the way for them. Exactly. I was like you on ready the very here, tail end. Of, I was already on the tail end of that like console war thing, and I chose the Xbox side of things. <laughs> See, a long time ago, we would have been mortal enemies. Indeed, but here we are talk, talking on the podcast and joining discords. <laughs> My, how times have changed. So what I'm hearing is the is the is the console wars were the first race wars between the elves and the dwarves. <laughs> Well, I guess in a I mean, manner of speaking. I mean, consider the, the PlayStation is beautiful. It's elegant. It's flawless in its design. And the Xbox is a fucking brick. Oh, it's starting. Here it goes. <laughs> uh, but it functions. Uh, it functions why am I very well. And torches? Rabba, 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 rabba. <laughs> so before we, well, 
before, let us begin. So I'm going to ask you guys, what do you guys know about the Destiny universe? Even if it's like the smidgen of like basically nothing, even that is enough to like, you know, get get us, you know, a place where we're going, get us, you know, a sense of what we're doing here. Go ahead, Johnny. Oh, me. Okay. Um, From what I recall, like humanity is struggling, like they're so far behind and along comes the traveler and like boosts them into like a modern era thing. But yeah, they're still, even with the traveler around, they're still in the city and they start venturing out with um, guardians and stuff. Yeah. And then that's sort of like the start of it from what I remember. That's good enough. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, I can go on, but like, I thought I'd just, you know, yeah. It's just like, I think, I can't really remember Destiny 1 too much, but Destiny 2, like, yeah, they're, you know, it all sort of comes crashing down, sort of. Yeah. Thing. With the Red War and. Yeah. Cabal. That was cool. That was, yeah, cool. That was all, I like that. That was like, that was a good, that was a good campaign. Okay. And what would anyone says? I enjoyed that campaign. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, some... 100%. I don't know why it caught flack, man. I loved it. I was like, oh, man, I'm going to roll like each tune and like go through yeah. that again. Oh man, I like I hated people like hitting on it. I really appreciated like basically like the kick in the balls that it gave us because like Destiny One ends all hopefully, and then Destiny Two opens with, oh yeah, all your shit gone. It exploded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was cool. It was a cool concept. Like you know, I don't I don't want to do any spoilers or anything for what you're saying, but yeah, like you know the the they're the cop cabal are they called? Yeah. Yeah, they you know they just turn up, wreck shit, like yeah, down, awesome. Yeah, I enjoy the campaign. Mm-hmm. What about you, Gerald? So I've never actually played Destiny Two. It was just one of those <laughs> things where I was, I know, I know, heartbreak, heartbreak. <laughs> Don't come out with the pitchforks just yet. I was too busy being, I was too busy being a grown ass adult, <laughs> <laughs> and didn't have time to play video games anymore. Come on, now, give me a break here. But no, I, no uh, I... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I did. Uh, I did play Destiny One shortly after it came out on the 360, I believe. Um, but yeah, humanity meets the Traveler. They were in a golden age. All that collapses, and then uh, Tyrion Lannister is like one of your helpers <laughs> <laughs> in the game, and then uh, yeah, you, your bait. For a while, and then you know, it's just like you know, it all brings it all brought me back to Halo, kind of how everything operated. You're fighting a bunch of different aliens, even like uh, I think you told me Ray they were called the Fallen. It's like the four armed aliens that kind of reminds me of Halo's elites. Yeah, they're very cool. So um, I got we through, will uh, definitely have an episode on them if this series continues. I'm just gonna give that a quick shout out so that we will have that. Ooh, the Fallen. The Fallen, yes. Ooh, I'm excited. I actually do. I those are like the one standouts for me from from Destiny, but play through, you know, a good chunk of the game, but I think because there was such a huge multiplayer focus and I wasn't the kind of kid that really that had like the paid Xbox Live and a huge friend circle that played it, so I just never really never really got into that aspect of it. So I just kind of stopped after a while. So that's my uh that's my experience with Destiny. I, I did have, yeah, but I did have fun with what I did play of it. That's good. So for me, I started with the Taken King, or no, 
I started just before the Taken King because I remember I was at school. I was on YouTube, you know, at, at, on at school on YouTube, you know, as you do. As and you I do. seen it. There was I was watching. I believe it was IGN or Screen something anyway. But there was like a leak for um the new Destiny expansion called uh, Taken King. And like I watched, I looked at the leak and I was like, oh, this is interesting because like, I was one of those kids who like would would have my like finger on the pulse of like leaks whenever they would drop. Oh, I'm gonna look at this leak. I don't care if it's a game. Like, I don't care if it's a game I play or even like remotely care about. I'm gonna look at the leaks. I don't know why I did that. I was just so interested in that. And I seen take I seen the Taken King um reveal or whatever, and I was like, oh, hmm, I might get this game. So I started um I started with the Taken King and I played from then on. Uh, it was very enjoyable, and the series has been a very big focus on my life up until recently with some of the decisions Bungie has been making to the point that I am basically making this, uh, this mini series out of spite. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's a good, good motivator right there (laughs) because their recent business practices and ignoring really crucial and important pieces of lore or underselling it has made me very upset to the point that like there are certain characters that have been, uh, I don't want to say butchered, because like they only appear a couple times and then they reappear like years later and they're completely different. So like you can't say that they are butchered, but but they've been led. Well, you know, as a community, we were led to believe certain things and they completely changed it on our heads. So I mean, you know, certain things I do not enjoy about the game, but there are things that I do love about it. As much as I hate the business practices, the lore, especially the lore up until Shadowkeep, which is the expansion that follows the Forsaken one um is really good it's all like great some of it could be questionable but most of it is great in my opinion um especially the uh, helmet stayed on for anyone who gets the joke for those who don't especially like gerald and Jono, it's even funnier if you guys don't know the joke nope nope um <laughs> it's a sex joke no oh uh, okay. uh, oh my wow <laughs> <laughs> I don't care how, Bun- how much Bungie tries to say it wasn't. That was written as a sex joke, and I will take it as a sex joke. Uh, but so with, with like what you were saying there, like you started at the Taken King. I remember that came out. Now that was an expansion for the first for D one. Yes. Okay, so was that their first expansion? Um, no, that was their third expansion, technically, oh, but it was their okay. first major expansion. For anyone who doesn't know the business practices, basically, but Dungeon wow, Dungeon, but uh, <laughs> Destiny has a concept where they release the base game, and then over the course of a year, they'll release two minor expansions for Destiny One, it was Destiny One, followed by The Dark Below, followed by House of Wolves. Then, uh, they do a major expansion a full year later which is like a full-on like new can it's basically like an entire game built on top of the base game every minor expansion is just like a few levels a few a, like a single sword mission that gets added onto it major yeah. expansions are like yeah they're kind of like the equivalent to like war wow to world of like, warcraft expansions yeah like a og like expansions like what expansions were back in the day where it was like you know campaigns missions added on extra yeah yeah Okay, yeah, exactly. yeah. I was because I was actually going to ask that question because, like, like Jono, I'm from that I'm from that era of video games where that's what the expansions were. It was just to enhance 
the game the gameplay in a way or so by giving you like extra campaigns and missions but for the most part once you have the game like that's the base game that is what you you know that is the main story it's not like an incomplete thing that you got to shelve out money for every time you want like an update or something like that yeah exactly exactly that's uh, destiny one and half of destiny 2 is currently it is become the newest version of expansions which is where you have to keep updating to get everything yeah i don't like that business practice like what happened to like once you own the game it's yours you know what i mean yeah yeah this is <laughs> Money the reason why uh, this is the reason why makes... i say i'm making this out of spite <laughs> We've been around the bush a little bit, and by a little bit, I mean we've been hacking away at the forest. So with a machete, chop. <laughs> <laughs> the reference to Jack, I see. <laughs> so, um, I think it's about time we actually discuss the uh, the topic for today's episode. So today we're going to be going over a fan favorite character of this universe, his story, his life, where he is now, or where he isn't. And of course, what his class is and his exotics, if he has any on his character or named from or named after him. Today, we're going to be covering the Hunter Vanguard Cade 6. Oh, no. <laughs> I think you opened a nerve. I think you opened a nerve uh, there, John. Dude, man, this is going to this is going to hurt. Oh, no. <laughs> Have anything you want to say, John, before Ray gets going? No, no, I'm good. I'm good. I've just got my box of tissues. <laughs> <laughs> this ought to be fun. <laughs> I think Jono knows the uh, the video I said I was going to show you guys later. <laughs> uh oh. No, if this has got chickens in it. No, but I I will I will mention the colonel. <laughs> Things looking good. So, to- to our group chat, I just posted um, two pictures of Cade 6 for Gerald, who I believe does not know what he looks like. I'm assuming Jono has an idea of what Cade looks like. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I'm well-versed in Cade, man. Like, yeah. I vaguely, I, I vaguely uh, recognize him. I think he's he was in like the Destiny 2 trailers, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. They, really pushed, they really pushed him for Destiny 2. Yeah, okay. that, he was... yeah that's, the, that's the only thing I know about him. Yeah, no, nah, I yeah, I was I was right into like playing Destiny with like when Cade was like a major player in the game, not playable character, but yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, he was the definitely he definitely had a few. He was he was definitely really big in the Taken King and in Forsaken, and a little bit in the well, I don't want to say a little bit. He was pretty big in the in the Red War as well. Yeah, so. Or the best way to summarize Cade is that his name is Cade Six. And he's a really interesting character because he's technically died twice. Died and twice? Yeah. So what I mean by that is Cade is an Exo. So an Exo is one of the three playable races you can play as in the game. Um, the three races are Human, which is based on Human. Awoken, which is their elf equivalent. You're kind of like a space elf. And then Exo. <laughs> and then you have exos, which are basically like robotic human bodies. Now, that's the best way to describe Kate is that he's a robot. I put in quotation marks. The thing is that exos, their bodies are robots, but they weren't always robots. Exos were, in fact, they actually used to be humans. Because 
the best way to put it is that in humanity's uh, ancient past, I say ancient again quotations because there isn't an official timeline because Bungie likes to keep things vague because they sometimes like to say it's been centuries. Sometimes they like to say it's been thousands of years since like the collapse, which is one of the big events in Destiny's history. But regardless, Cade was a human during humanity's golden age. And the golden age was basically what you can imagine it to be a prototypical golden age in any like sci-fi fantasy universe. You know, everything is prospering. There's advancements in medicine, technology, you know, disease has kind of become a thing of the past. Uh, human lifespans tripled during the Destiny's golden age. So humans live three times as long. Humans basically didn't suffer any disease. The issue, though, is that this wasn't good enough for some people. Because <laughs> we can't people have nice things, apparently. Well, some people didn't like the idea of, you know, dying of old age, even if that meant they had three times as long lifespans to work with. <laughs> some people, you know, wanted to live forever. As you do. As you do. Yes, of course, of course. So um, they created these robotic bodies that contain the human mind and arguably maybe the human soul. Gentlemen, we can rebuild him. We have the technology. Maybe. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. And this technology was, was created by the mega corporation Clovis Bray, which is basically your stand in for any year for your generic mega corp in like science fiction. They're, they're Whalen Utani corporation. If you're, if you know the alien franchise, they're super advanced. They like to push boundaries. They like to make super great advancements and to the general population, they're seen as like amazing people, great like freelancers, trailblazers in technology. But when you learn about their dealings, what they do behind the scenes, you start to learn that they are a very not okay corporation. I was going to say mega corporations and sci-fi just smell of sus to put it lightly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm almost like, I don't want to say they did, but they basically had almost total control over the planet Mars. Like they basically made they were they basically made everything on Mars and had a bunch of like really prominent cities that were basically made by them. So like for all intents and purposes, they basically were in control of Mars. So like Adeptus Mechanicus Light, kind of yeah, including the toaster fuckery. Uh, maybe <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm okay. I'm gonna say this now. It's basically been confirmed that Exos do have um, reproductive organs. From the moment I understood the weakness of my flesh, it disgusted me. Do you have the toast that you promised us? <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to ask why why they need reproductive organs, it's basically meant to be a survival mechanism. Um, the idea is that they basically have something similar to like, uh, what's it called? The Necrons hunger for flesh, where like they feel hungry. It's the same sense of like, they, their human bodies inside robotic bodies or human mindset robotic bodies. So they have certain, um, I don't want to say urges because that sounds weird, but it's like you need to feel human. So they recreate these, they recreate your body, like one for one recreation of your body to make sure that when you your mind goes into the robotic body, it's as seamless and as close to your human body as possible, which means they have to include all your body parts. So what better way to feel human than just... Bam! Look, there was a running joke where one of the characters really made sure that the robotic body had a very, very good assets. I'm just gonna <laughs> say that there, okay? 
because it was a very run, it was a funny it was a running joke with this one character whenever you would see her on screen she just had a nice figure to her and people would not shut up about it. Jeez, jeez, Magus, your mechadendrites are quite big today. <laughs> oh my, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> so, now, Cade was one of the first people to actually test the exotechnology, which might sound great, but the problem is that there weren't actually a lot of people who were willing to basically die in order to find out if they could live forever. Because it was, it's very similar to the whole, you know, Star Trek theory of like teleportation, where it kills you and it just recreates an exact copy of you somewhere else. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh well, we'll put you on this table and we'll transfer your mind into this body, but we don't know if it actually kills you and it just creates an exact copy of your brain inside the body or what. Which is, you know, where the where there's not a lot of candidates who are willing to you know jump at the chance for that, right? Well, so that's kind of also the problem being the first to volunteer to do this is just like you don't know what's going to go wrong. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like anything could literally go wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that kind of makes me think of uh, what was that game called Soma where they made a big deal of talk about like cloning technology and like digitally uploaded to the cloud or whatever. But the question is, is that that consciousness that goes into the cloud, is that you like the original you as you live and breathe right now? Or is that just like a copy of you that gets sent over? So you're still here in your fleshy body. If that makes sense. Yeah. It's, it, it would be kind of like that too, where it's, but the, the difference is that when your mind is like transferred, I never played Soma, but the idea is that when your brain is transferred to the EXO, your body just dies. Like for all intents and purposes, you die the moment your brain, your your mind is transferred to your knowledge. Yeah. Okay. So from yeah, from what I'm gathering from Destiny, when they become an exo, that is them. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's one of the things where I say with a soul, because that'll come that'll become kind of referenced later. Because it's unsure if like it's just like a complete copy of you. Because this will get interesting when I say a copy of you. And or and or if it's your soul. So to really explain the EXO process and how they found candidates willing to basically die, I need to go over Cade. So Cade was born during or before the Golden Age. It's unsure how long the Golden Age lasted. Just that during its time, humanity lifespan tripled. So we can assume an entire lifespan needed to go by. So there had to be like a 300 period at least of humanity's Golden Age. Regardless, Cade lived during the Golden Age. But he was, to put it best, he was a rough character. He was, okay, he was basically, he was a former criminal. He was often used as, like, hired muscle by, like, local gangs or, like, you know, people who are like, hey, we know you have some experience in, like, the underworld. Can we, like, hire you to be, like, our muscle or, like, a bouncer for us for a little bit? Can you be our bodyguard? He also had a very bad gambling streak, which naturally put him in debt with people who were, you know, not the uh, saver kind, you know, like the Yakuza, the gang, the mafia equivalents. Hmm. He also had a, uh, a drinking problem because of, you know, what he's seen as a criminal, what he did, what he had to do, and because of his natural gambling addiction. But, like, despite all these flaws, he was still a hardworking man trying to provide for his family because Kate actually had a wife and a son. Aww. Now, because he had a wife and a son, his goal was to basically go straight. He would try to live life as straight as possible, straight as now, get an, get an, an honest job, live an honest living, pay off his debts, whatever he needs to. The problem is, though, is that 
he had a lot of debts to pay, and even with his best attempts to go straight, he still made mistakes. So as, when as it is trying to come on the straight path, I mean, yeah. Now, despite this, his son and his wife still loved him. Like they knew that he was trying, and they were respect that he tried, and he did his best. So when Clovis Bray, the corporation, comes knocking, they offer Cade something to basically undo a lot of his mistakes because he's a, he's trying to undo stuff, and it's. If you're a mega corporation, they know a lot of shit, obviously. They have dirt mm-hmm. on base everybody if you're a megacorp. It's kind of the, the theme of megacorps in, in sci-fi fantasy, or in sci-fi, rather. Yeah. And they basically offered Kay the chance to basically wipe away his debt, but not just wipe away his debt to, like, you know, pay off all of his debts, but to basically give him and his family even more wealth. It was basically like, not only are you, getting, not only are you paying off your debts, we're giving even more money, which, again, Cade was desperate because it's hard to live an honest life while you have all these things bring down your neck. So it's like, you know what? They're a corporation. They have a lot of money. They're offering me this. Fuck it. I'll just do it because I can, I can trust them. It's, it's a company, whatever. Mm-hmm. If I, if I work for faceless company, I work for a faceless, faceless company. Um, the problem is though, is that what he did for Clovis Bray was basically what he was already doing beforehand. Mm, that's not, not a good path to be going back down. He basically, except the problem was that instead of being like hard muscle like a bouncer, he basically became a mercenary. Uh, so a lot more violence, basically. Yeah, like a good example, a good way to put Cade is he's kind of like Deadpool minus the uh, cancer and the fourth wall breaking, and that is in his backstory. In that you know he has he has a general kind of tragic life and tries to do good but falls into mercenary work to provide, mm-hmm. or to like provide for himself or in general. So he ends up becoming a mercenary. Um, again, as hired muscle, basically protecting cargo because they're a company. They need to transport resources. They need like armed guards to protect them, which didn't sit right with Cade because you know you think a medical, uh, a science company shouldn't need, you know, armed guards doing mercenary work. <laughs> Does like he a also... mega corporation have its own big private army? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> basically with a lot of really good guns, like energy weapons. Mm, the good stuff. Yeah, well, they make the shit, so I mean, they should have the good stuff. <laughs> and he was also tasked with basically being their enforcers, as in, you know, Rocky Balboa, how we would collect money for the people. Oh that yeah, was kinda Cade, that was kind of Cade's doing, where he would basically go to people who owed, who tried to you know run away, who, you know, let's say you were a scientist who was working on something controversial, and you decide to have a you know a conscience and leave. Uh, K would be sent to basically take you back to Clovis Bray to work. Is the alive thing optional in that sense? Um, it was preferred that you were alive because, you know, they need you to work on stuff. Okay. So how so, is Cade, know, like, personality-wise around this time frame? Like, is he just, like, the straight-up ruthless, you know, oh, no, mercenary like, or whatnot? Or is he kind of like, kind of like Deadpool, essentially, without the cancer and, you know, that stuff? He's very much like Deadpool, like like the Ryan Reynolds Deadpool where he's he's silly about it. he's trying to make a joke out of it he doesn't he doesn't want to hurt people you know like in, like I'm, I'm assuming most people have seen the first deadpool movie where he'll pull a knife on someone he'll threaten them but he wants to avoid killing as much as possible mm-hmm. because again he's a father he's a husband he wants to do good he wants to live the straight and narrow life okay i could get behind that yeah and it doesn't help that they're basically paying for everything. Like they're basically paying off all of his debts, everything he needs, he'll pay for everything they're providing and they're giving him. So it's very much a concept of like, you know what? 
if I just swallow my pride, if I just play along, I'll get what I need. I mean, it's like the a issue, hum, it's like a human in 40k when you're offered to join chaos. It's just like, I mean, what would you rather do? Be free or suffer the rest of your life in like 20 hour workdays in a horrible factory? Yeah, exactly. The issue, though, is that because of all this work that Cade was basically doing for Clovis Bray, he basically exchanged one form of debt for another, in that they basically had dirt on him. Basically, he didn't owe them any money, but they had dirt on him. They knew about his family, they knew about his work life, they knew about his economic situation, they knew about all the things that he did for them, which, again, was shady shit, but it's kind of the concept of like, oh... You were a mercenary for all collecting all these people, arresting them under your own hands. We could easily like get you and your family arrested. So it basically became like, you're going to keep working for us, even though we've given you enough money to pay off your debts. You're staying with us. You're not leaving now. Mm. Mega, <laughs> sci-fi megacorps, man. That's how they get you. They still paid them. It was, very, it was, still, it was still mutually beneficial, but now it was like, you're in this for life. Because once you enter this family, there's no getting out. Which you know, yeah. so yeah, he was made... sort of he was sort of stuck between a rock and a hard place, like moral dilemma, like looking after his family, wanting to do the right thing, but to clear his debts as well. Yeah, it actually got so bad that he would like like again at this point in the golden age, humanity had basically colonized the solar system, so he had to like leave his planet, like he had to leave Earth for several like years, so he wouldn't see his family. Is what we're led to believe from Cade himself, like explaining this. The thing is, though, is that Clovis Bray, the company, they offer him one last bit of redemption, one last bit to basically pay off all of his debts to them. Like, you know what? We'll erase all the shit we have on you. We won't. You you can leave if you want, but to do this, you have to join a special experimental project. You have to join the EXO project. If successful, NK's mind transfers into the robot body. He's free to go, and for all intents and purposes, Cade is dead. He is. He'll be considered legally dead, and. His money, his his family will get like the the insurance, like the health insurance, and Kate can go free as like a robot and rejoin his family. If he dies, he dies, but they'll, the family still gets insurance. So either way, Kate's family is taken care of. But... Kate, goes through, Kate goes through with this process because he needs to. Now this is where things start to turn a little bad because it is successful. Like, his brain does go into the robot body, and Cade is declared dead legally, and his family does get the wealth. But the thing is that Cade never rejoins his family and actually stays a part of Clovis Bray. Like, he continues to work for the company. So, what kind of shenanigans, I guess, led to him still staying on despite what they agreed to? So, if you remember how I said your mind is transferred over... It's implied that during the transfer process, some memories can be, if you, if you're given a, if you're given, you know, for legal purposes, let's say a lawyer from Clovis Bray gave a paper in front of you. One of the side effects might say, oh, temporary memory loss. Okay. As a side effect. Now these aren't, this isn't, you know, random chance of temporary memory loss. This might, this could, I put in quotation because it's never been confirmed, but it's highly likely that during the transfer process, Clovis Bray, the company, the scientists, actively cut out certain memories or actively deny you the chance to keep certain memories that are transferred over. That doesn't wow. mean that Kate forgets his family. Are you, are you saying 
allegedly a space evil corporation doctored his memory and wiped certain parts so they could keep him on as an asset. Allegedly. <laughs> this is screaming a lot of General Grievous vibes right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I should mention Cade wasn't the only XO. There were hundreds, thousands, potentially tens of thousands of them. Okay. Allegedly. Allegedly. Allegedly, Allegedly this happened. All so, right. Now, excuse me while I lock my doors. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't want any pushback from uh, evil space corporations. Yeah. No. Um, because this is where it gets a little more twisted. Because Ooh. Kate has journals, like, and in these yes. journals, like, these are journals that he wrote while he was in EXO. So while he was in his raw body, these journals dictate, like, are journals that he's writing to himself about, le- and are, like, letters that he's writing to his son, Ace, and his wife. And they're saying, just a couple more missions, and my debt's paid off. So as far as Kate was aware, after he was in his EXO body, he still had more debts to pay, meaning that, meaning that they kept the memories of his family, but they erased the memories of once it's complete, you're free to go. And because mm. he was writing letters and he was off world, he needed to pass these letters through Clovis Bray to get to Earth. Which means that any letters he wrote expecting to get to his family were gone, would be, you know, erased, burned away, whatever. I'm sorry, the file you're asking for does not exist. Yeah. This is where Cade earns the moniker of the name Cade One. This is something that's common among Exos. They all have a number associated with their name. Now you might be wondering, I thought his name was Cade 6, not Cade 1. This is where it gets a little more fucked up. I say a little bit more. Mm, so A little bit more. <laughs> remember how I mentioned um, the relation to Necrons? How, like, you know, they need your bot, you, you realize you're in a robot body and start panicking? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that's basically something that happens to Exos, where certain Exos can have an issue where. They start to realize, wait a second, I don't have lungs. I don't need to, I'm not breathing. I can't breathe. I don't have eyes. I can't see. I don't have ears. I can't hear. I don't have blood. You, you know, you, you basically go into like a shock, a panic and like fear induced panic, which is, you know, because you realize you're in a raw body. You're, you don't have any flesh, any bones, anything. And this is basically called exo mind rejection, which is a actual thing that could happen to exos. So to avoid this, the Clovis Bray Corporation allegedly, I say this allegedly could happen because there's <laughs> never been any instances of it happened, of it happening. Basically, the, the idea is that to avoid this happening, they do what are called resets. And basically, this, this is equivalent to like wiping storage off of your computer because the exobot, the exomind is a machine. It's not organic like the human brain. It doesn't evolve and adapt to information. It's rigid. It has a max capacity of information it can store. And as years go by, as expeditions and missions occur, this storage fills up. So in order to, you know, keep the slate clean, they have to erase them. You know, have to delete use they have to, you know, delete memory, erase games you're not playing on your PlayStation or your Xbox for to call back to that. They'll keep they'll keep certain core memories, obviously, like, oh, certain memories. And like there are certain memories they just can't erase, like they're too far back to be erased. Again, allegedly. <laughs> because, you know, they're kind of tampering with your brain. They could erase whatever the fuck they want. Because Cade makes a habit of saying in all of his journal entries, only a few more missions and then my debt's paid off. Mm. So they have to keep going into a, like the protocol droid mind wipe, you know, just the. This is madness. We're doomed. Yeah. Just to keep him compliant, basically. 
Yeah. On top of the on top of the brain altercation and stuff during alterations during the transfer. Yeah. And every single time a reset happens, uh Cade the the exos, they get they add a number. It's basically meant to be how many times you've been reset. So you know, if your exo oh. number is one, it means you've been reset one time. So Cade okay. six has been reset six times. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay then. Yeah. Here's where it gets worse, though. You guys ever heard of the idea of the concept that when you as that as you store as you build up storage on a computer or a game, even if you erase stuff, the maximum of storage actually will go down over time because it just degrades naturally. Yeah. Yeah. Same concept. So basically, the more resets you have, the less bring the less memory capacity you have, meaning you have to reset more often. And this has actually caused certain exos, particularly those who have like numbers and resets that are in the double digits, to actually suffer from symptoms such as Alzheimer's or um, like me- or uh, what's called a uh, bipolar disorder. Like it actually mm-hmm. can cause like mental disorders if you reset too many times. So this kind of this kind of rings like the uh, like the Necrons awakening from their team worlds after sixty five million years or something. And of course, you know after that amount of time things even then things just degrade so you yeah get a lot exactly of, you get a lot of kooky overlords and whatnot yeah and very similar to the necrons in warhammer 40k the best way to like stave off um or to like prolong your time to reset is like hobbies is some form of like something to like you know jog your memory something to like do to like you know take your time to basically keep you from going insane a little faster or to keep you from going insane. And Cade's hobby was writing in his journals, which would become super relevant because um, Cade would have these journals, which would normally, which would normally be confiscated. The thing is Cade was really good at hiding stuff because he was inherently sneaky. So he would actually like hide one journal, open it, start a new journal. And when he would get reset inside each journal, he would uh, write clues and hidden messages on where to find the previous journal. I was just so about to say, like, does he does he start at, at any point start to catch on to what's going on with him? Or oh yes, am I getting yes. ahead? <laughs> yes, because uh, Kate Six isn't actually six. In one of his journal entries, he he says that he stopped counting at six. <laughs> which is which is meant to be a reference to uh Bungie's obsession with number seven because people are like, oh Kate six, there must be a Kate seven as a joke. Mm-hmm. Basically, Kate basically in Kate's journal, he says that they keep pushing us to reset. They keep pushing us to reset. I'm seeing in all my journals, every journal I'm on, they're pushing me to reset. So I stopped counting at six. And he's and basically the concept is that it's almost like you have amnesia, or it's almost like you're trying to remember, like if you've seen 50 first dates. It's a similar concept where, like, she watches the VHS to get an idea of, like, what's happened over the last couple of years. It's a similar concept where when Cade resets, you know, he reads his journal and it's like, oh, this is who I am. This this can, this um, connects with the memories I currently have. I am this person. But there are certain memories, you know, that aren't in my database, so they've probably been erased. This is Cade's way of remembering them and telling himself, you know, reminding himself. And in his journals, he says, I stopped counting at six. And if you ever get to Cade 7, be aware that this isn't you. Someone else is controlling you. Hmm. As as if to say, yeah, as if to say like your journals are gone or most of your journals are gone and you're not you anymore. They've erased too much of you now. 
So I've I've a question with the journals and that. That's really cool concept. I didn't I didn't know that's what his journals were for. I thought they were just all the mind wiping. So every time they reset him, he loses a little bit of memory or they can actively cut out what they want him not to remember. When he reads his journals, does that memory can he remember that memory or no. is it just completely gone? It's completely gone. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, so when he reads are... over, oh, go ahead. So, like, when he reads over these journals and like stuff comes up that was, you know, erased during transference or reset or whatever, it doesn't spark any. Doesn't spark anything in him necessarily. No. no. Mm. It's basically mm. like, like, I don't know if you guys have ever like kept journal entries and you open and you open your journal and it's something that you don't remember writing. Like, I don't know if that's ever happened to you. I definitely had that instance, and this is the best way I can relate it. It's like opening a journal and seeing something that you've and seeing something you've written, but not being able to recall it. But because you wrote it, you trust that it's happening. You just can't recall it properly at the moment. Getting butterfly effect vibes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great movie. <laughs> so that's basically where that's basically what happens to Kate. He keeps his journals, and like I said, he he tries to he writes certain key phrases a lot of them are because he has a gambling addiction that i think actually transfers over to his exo like his exo body mm-hmm. a lot of his like um like keywords or hidden symbols are based off of cards so for example certain numbers or certain um suits of the card or even certain like um what's it called um like king queen you know those specific things those are based yeah. off of people. So, for example, the Ace of Spades is named after his is based on his son Ace. So, anytime he sees an Ace of Spades drawn in his journal, that's meant to recall to his son that this is something that he's writing to make sure that every single Cade who opens this journal knows about Ace. Hmm. So that no matter what, even if they cut out every single one of his memories. The moment Kate opens this book, he will have the ability to remember his son. Because is that's that like some... so sorry, is that like sort of code so they won't know to cut it out as well? It's basically to make sure that if it is cut out, Cade will be able to remember. Ah. Like it's kind of how do I put it? It's the best, I guess the best way to put it is almost like a puzzle. It's like a puzzle. It's like imagine you're trying to build a puzzle, but every single like every couple minutes someone steals a puzzle piece and the puzzle once it's done after you've been able to complete with whatever parts are missing is the exo mind but the cover of the puzzle would be your journals you can see what you have but the journals which would be the cover which would be like the picture of what the puzzle should look like would be your journals that's what you can see what's cut out and you kind of assume what's missing is that really good way of explaining it (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's, kind of makes me think of the uh, what was that Christopher Nolan Memento. Like, dude had like retrograde yeah. amnesia, so he's leaving himself clues to kind of help him remember. Yeah, that's that's another way. That's on. another that's another way of putting it. So you know, Cade spends a good period of time with Clovis Bray up until the event known as the Collapse, which I mentioned previously. The Collapse is not a great event, <laughs> as you can kind of imagine. Hmm. So you guys mentioned the Traveler before. For people who don't know, the Traveler is this massive spherical ball about the size of a small country. It's fucking massive. And when it showed up in our solar system, in Earth's solar system, 
Um, it started terraforming one planet after another after another, even the planet's moons, giving them gravity, giving them uh, geography, and uh, I think it's topography, similar to um, Earth, to basically make it as to make them as Earth-like as those planets could possibly become. And it's and it's assumed that the traveler is the reason why humans live so much longer. Mm. Um, the problem is that the traveler was actually being chased. Like this is something that's been theorized before, like among the people in the in during the golden age. Like, oh, why is a traveler here? Oh, it must go across it. But one of the theories was, oh, something's chasing it, and that theory yeah, because because out... I remember in my first playthrough there was this mention of something called the darkness. Yes. Yes, that which is. I, uh, I assumed was just like some mis, mis, words, was like some mismatch, mishmash of like the fallen, the hive, the cabal, like all the aliens, the different aliens that you fight, was like basically like a collective similar to Halo's Covenant, if that makes sense. Well, that's how I interpreted it. I could be completely wrong. Um, that's how it originally was, and then they eventually retconned it, which I very much appreciate them retconning it because it's much better the way it is now. The darkness is basically a it's basically an existential force that's hunting the traveler. The four races, like the alien races, they are they they all have their own relationship to the traveler or the darkness. So, for example, the um, the hive is a race that worships the darkness. The fallen they used to worship the traveler. And they're constantly chasing the traveler. The Cabal and the Vex have their own different relationships with the darkness and the light, respectively. But I'll get to them mm-hmm. when we get to their respective episodes. Regardless, mm-hmm. the dark the darkness arrives, and it's what causes the collapse. And the I dark- also, and oh, I don't know if this is kind of uh, I don't know if this is getting into spoiled territory, so you can stop me in here. But I did also hear like a theory of don't trust the traveler. Yeah, um, that's that's not really well. That's not really a spoiler because I can cover it because Clovis Bray, well, you know what? I'll save that a little bit later. Basically, the reason why they say don't trust a traveler is because um, the Fallen used to worship the traveler. And this is where the theory comes from. The, tra- the, the traveler used to be on the side of the Fallen. But when the darkness came to, to find the traveler, it went to the Fallen's homeworld. And what the traveler did is it abandoned them. It abandoned the fallen and let the and left them to face the darkness alone. You were the chosen one. And the traveler is like a perfect sphere, except in Destiny One. In Destiny One, when you see a traveler, it has a massive hole at the very bottom of it, like something blasted it and crippled it. So the theory of don't touch, don't trust a traveler, is that when the darkness came to attack our solar system, the traveler tried to leave. And humanity, in a last-ditch effort to basically cripple the Traveler, shot it down and basically kept it from leaving so the Traveler was forced to stay behind on Earth. Ooh, that's a lot darker than I was imagining it. Yes, because for reference, the Traveler has done this to dozens, if not hundreds, of other civilizations. Mm. Well, sounds like it deserved it then. And the, the, the theory is that the Traveler basically... The, the good theory is the Traveler finds races that it hopes will be able to challenge darkness and if it can't it leaves them to their fate in, t- in order to find another one and hopes to use these species as like um floodgates to basically slow down tr- to slow down the darkness while it tries to find and uplift a new species and find and uplift a new species and you know the idea is, yeah <laughs> so it's just like 
ah, uplifting a new species. Yes, they're very powerful. It's like, oh, they can't face the darkness. Okay, fuck you then. Bye bye. That's that's basically it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And anyone who says, oh, that's not what it means. No, that's what it fucking means. Okay. Read the books of sorrows. Oryx literally slaughtered every single race of traveler visited. Don't 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 be a traveler defender. Okay. Osiris was right. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Osiris was right. He was right Um, all along. He was right about some things. (laughs) (laughs) So you you Gerald, you're gonna play Destiny One from what we discussed, right? You you've got the games. Uh, see, my Destiny Two disc came in, which I learned like thirty minutes after I ordered it that it was obsolete. So, rip on my part. But I do have the first one that's supposed to be coming in like in the next few days or so, which has like all the expansions and everything. Yes. Okay. Perfect. So when you load into that game, you will see the traveler, and you will see that it's actually missing like a big chunk out of its bottom out of its bottom part. And that is because the theory is that the Traveler tried to abandon humanity and humanity basically shot it out of the sky. <laughs> Said, no, if we're going down, you're going down with us, bitch. Yeah, there are some people who like to say the Traveler was looking for the right place to, you know, to stand its ground. But those people are idiots. <laughs> like, there are some people who are like, okay. I don't want to say they're idiots because Bungie is trying to undo some of the lore, which in like some of the most recent stuff, they're trying to say that Traveler was actually trying to save humanity. Humanity was the species they wanted to save, but yeah. they're only doing that. But they've only started doing that in the last year, year and a half, as of the time of this recording. But <laughs> up, but everything before this last year and a half has basically been like subtly confirmed that the Traveler would have definitely like one hundred percent abandoned humanity. <laughs> Bungie, don't backpedal like that. You, I, I, like, I like that uh, concept of like the dark selfishness of the traveler. Like it, it, it's out for its own purposes. You know, they've used races to try to stop the darkness. That didn't work. Fucking yeet off to another galaxy, find another. I like that sort of. Yeah, that actually, like, that actually, grimness like, of it. Yeah, as much as I joke about, you know, uh, Traveler deserved getting shot down by the humans, that actually is a pretty cool concept. Was it well, was yeah, it the it humans was... that attacked the Traveler that tried to win it? So that's confirmed? It it was confirmed, or ba- it was basically all but confirmed, and then they started recently backpedaling on it in the last year and a half. Yeah. Okay. Like, there's literally a state, There's li- there's a literal, like, contingency plan in like in universe that that's basically meant to crypt that's literally said that if a traveler ever leaves attempts to leave the system every single weapon on in the system will open fire on the traveler simultaneously <laughs> so uh, and well, I know, we're all... aren't we pricks <laughs> <laughs> well, well I, I know i know we're just three of us but i mean that sounds like a pretty cool concept so why i guess what prompted the backpedal into I guess change the traveler, or do you? Um, To my knowledge, I think it's just that they're trying to really push less of a moral gray and more of a moral good for the traveler, which I don't like because it it kind of. I don't want fun though. Yeah, like I don't want to say it ruins it, but it takes away a lot of the grim dark aspect of like everything we are is because we are lucky. Like we got lucky in the fact that we were able to see the traveler down. Yeah. It makes humanity in the in the in Destiny universe even more of an underdog, in my opinion, 
because when you say, oh, the traveler was trying to defend us, it went, it came to Earth to defend us. It was just trying to find the right place to to hold its ground. It makes humanity seem so great in perspective to every other race that it almost makes every other species that the traveler like left basically nothing. And it makes us seem so much greater and higher that it almost like, I don't want to say it pisses me off, but it kind of disappoints me. Whereas it really, whereas like the traveler is meant to be this almost like godlike being. And the fact that it took every single weapon that humanity has disposal just to cripple it. And then it makes us seem so much like underdogs that that's what we had to do just to cripple it. But yes, like the fact that like the traveler wanting to leave us makes it so much more interesting. And okay, I don't want to say that they abandoned the idea because in like probably the, in the last month, not last month, the one of the most recent expansions, they did hint at the traveler leaving humanity. But I don't know. Basically, they try. It's almost like they're flip flopping. Because there was, because again, for like the first couple of years, was literally the traveler would have left until humanity shot it down, and then they started backpedaling. Where it's like, oh no, the traveler's finding the right place to land and to fight for us. And then in one of the most recent expansions, they had the traveler like leaving again and then stopping because it had nowhere else to go because they realized it had nowhere else to go, which is already terrifying as a concept. <laughs> that that's kind of scary if you think about it. Yeah. Like, the idea of just, like, you have nowhere else to run, that you are stuck here. It's kind of just like, oh, God, that's terrifying. <laughs> so, again, they're, they, they're, kind of flip, they're kind of fixing it, which I like. But I also don't like that they had to flip-flop. Like, like you know, it's almost like you're, you're fixing your mistake, but you shouldn't have made the mistake in the first place when what it was, when, when, what it was like before was so much better. But then it's less like when you're fixing the mistake, you're overcorrecting, so you're creating a whole bunch of other mistakes. Like the elves and the dwarves yeah. from the old world. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But that's that's how that's the collapse for anyone who's wondering. It's, the traveler stops, and there there's the the collapse is left very vague. But from what accounts we do have of it is from Cade, which is why I'm bringing him up because his journals survive it, and he survives it. For, it's very unclear because Cade describes the collapse. But it's unclear if the collapse was like a continuous, unending event until it just stops, or if it was like a period of time. Because Kay describes the collapse as it's almost like choking on air, as if the air itself has basically become poisonous fire. You can feel acid in your veins, that you literally can feel your body unable to move, while at the same time the pressure around you is like breaking your bones. And you are forced to watch as everything and everyone around you is suffering the same thing while everything you've built is being brought to ruin and collapsing around you. And Cade literally describes the darkness as make as making sure you watch everything you built be destroyed around you. Because it's Brutal. that malicious that it wants you to suffer before you die. Who heard it? <laughs> I mean, we can get to the darkness eventually, but that'll be a whole can of worms. <laughs> trust me the can has already been opened <laughs> now again people say destiny isn't grimdark I'm sorry was what I just described to you not grimdark <laughs> is this not grimdark for you now again depending on your theory the traveler either let whether you're trying to leave and humanity shut it down or the traveler trying to save us whatever your theory is whatever coin flip you want to go whatever Bungie decides the coin flip today is the Traveler ends up being forced to stay on Earth, and it basically releases a massive 
wave of light. There's different. There's basically two forces in the universe: light and darkness. <laughs> wow, real original light and dark. Wow. Have you watched <laughs> Star Wars, Bungie? It's treason, then. <laughs> and basically, the traveler releases a massive like shockwave of light, and the idea is that this light pushes all the darkness out of the system, which is one of the theories of how Cade survived. Is that while he was suffering, while he was like being tortured, the light rushed over him and like push the darkness away and he was able to survive hmm. and this is basically what keeps humanity from dying during the collapse it's, it so, also leads to the creation of the oh go ahead uh, so i guess the way i'm hearing is he makes it sound like this was like a i mean not like an instantaneous event but very quick in in with respect to just like everything going on if that makes sense yeah, it definitely seems like it was a quick event, but it's like again, I'm not sure I'm not sure how he was able to write in his journal. Like he must have survived this and at some points additional stuff happened, but regardless, yes, the light washes over, kill pushes the darkness out. But as far as anyone was but as far as everyone else knew, the traveler died. Like the traveler, like original like the traveler like floated with almost like a a living light radiating from it. After this, the traveler kind of just started hanging low. Like it just there was it was almost like no life emanating from it. Mm. Now is so it, it is is the traveler kind of like I guess to put it in forty k terms kind of like the astronomicon where it's just like once that once that goes out or dies like humanity is just like fucked. Um, human. I mean, humanity kind of got fucked by the darkness already. So like losing the traveler didn't really do anything. Well, I don't want to say didn't do anything. They they lost the traveler, but um, for the most part it didn't really do much if anything it was almost like a boon because depending on how you because it was similar to the astronomicon in that imagine the darkness like the tyranids and imagine the traveler like the astronomicon okay so when it died it basically kept the darkness away or basically it basically became unable humanity was basically off the radar Mm -hmm. so that's one of the benefits of it the thing is is if they killed the emperor and shut off the astronomicon they can get rid of the Tyranids. Exactly. GW, I hope you're listening. <laughs> GW doesn't listen to us. <laughs> the lawyers are, though. They need to make sure that we're not saying any uh, copyrighted words. <clears throat> well, I got a few words to bleep out in post. So, um... <laughs> But yeah, so the thing is that when the Traveler died, it created what are called ghosts, which are... The little autonomous drones that you see in game. I have one on my shelf because, yes, I fucking course I do. I literally <laughs> have a ghost. Uh, um, and these are basically meant to be... These were created with the Traveler's last breath. So after they were created, the Traveler kind of just, you know, like I said, hung low. But things that the tra- these ghosts came out of the bottom, of the, like out of the ruined portion of the Traveler, kind of just started going free-for-all around the planet. Now, this was Kay's last journal entry. Because after the collapse, at some point, K died. As in, like, dead, dead? Or as in he deceased. As in he, his, his body died. As in he was no longer alive. Un- un- until he survived. <laughs> <laughs> you mean, like, dead, dead, or dead? No, just dead. <laughs> oh, 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 just okay, dead. So he's just dead. He's not dead, dead. <laughs> just dead, not dead, dead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> Dead light. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
this is where the concept of destiny and the ghosts come in. Because you might wonder why they call ghosts. Is it because the traveler died? Kind of. But it's also because ghosts, they have a purpose. Their goal is to travel the world and the systems, like the system rather, just the solar system, to find what are called the spark to become guardians. And what they do is they look for dead bodies, as in corpses, people who have died. And they look for what is the best way to describe a spark of the light. It's unclear what causes the spark of the light to form in some people and not others. But, what ha- but regardless, they find that person. They find this body. And the ghosts, these, each ghost contains a portion of the traveler's energy, the light within them. And they'll put, they'll store this energy and then they'll project it into this body, into this corpse. And this light will literally resurrect that body and will, re- will basically resurrect it back to life. Which is what I mean by Kate is a guy who died twice. Oh, okay. Yes. Now, this is how Guardians are born. Now, Wait, like, Gerald, you never played Destiny 1, have you? I played, like, the first half to two-thirds of it. Okay. All right. Okay. Go ahead. So, like, the so like I think the ghosts are the the drones or whatnot. So that's like the Tyrion Lannister guy that basically brought your character back to life, right? <laughs> yeah. At the yes. start, yeah. Like he scans the body and then, yes, exactly. And then, now, like during a lot of major raids or whatnot, he he conveniently has to uh, manage something, and then he just yeets off, and then you're fighting a horde, especially if you're a single player like me, <laughs> and die a lot. <laughs> yes. So, guard. That's basically how guardians are born. But it just, but uh, they weren't always called guardians. Originally, they were called light bearers or immortals. Now, the thing about guardians is they are immortal. Like they are ageless. Like they are ageless. They do not die of old age. They cannot age beyond the point at which they originally died. So, you know, that's a pretty good boon. What if you and, were an, what if you were already an old geezer when you died? So it's like, what kind apparently of apparently they were apparently <laughs> revived to like your older prime yeah uh, okay i was gonna say because that would like, kind of that would kind of suck if like i'm a I was, <laughs> like i'm a 90 year old man with rickety old bones and then it just brings me back just so i can oh don't worry we'll get to that oh no <laughs> but um they revive you but they actually revive you to like as early as like as close to your prime as possible so for example there's a character called saladin it's unclear when he died. Only it's unclear, it's unclear what age he died at, but that when his ghost revived him, he was he appeared younger than when he died. At this point, though, uh, Saladin was like he looks like he's in his like early, late fifties, so he has like gray hair, but he looks like he looks like a fucking strong guy. Like he looks mm-hmm. like a very healthy, strong sixty-year-old man is the best way to put it. Hmm. So it could be. So let's say you die of old age. I'm assuming the ghost brings you back to your prime. Although there are there is actually an older. Like Osiris is an older man, but again, he looks like he's in his prime of his old age. I mean, there are people that do rock the aging very well. Yes. So, so on top of again being ageless, they also are immortal in that if they are ever killed, they will literally be resurrected back to life. This is basically Bungie's uh, reasoning for respawn. If a guardian is ever killed, like let's say your guardian shoots you in your head and you die. Your ghost, as long as your ghost is around, can pour the light back into your corpse and resurrect you. You basically become a petual from 40k. Now, is there a way, is there like a workaround or something that like you can permakill a guardian or... Oh, yes. Are they strictly perpetual where they always come back? 
No, that there are ways to permanently kill guardians. Such as? Well, in-game, like when you play the game, your ghost will generate a shield around itself to avoid it from taking damage. But if a ghost resurrects itself, the shield needs to go down. If a ghost is ever, ever sustains enough damage, it will get destroyed and it will die. And if a ghost, if your ghost is ever destroyed, all your benefits go away. Your immortality, your agelessness, your resurrection, all of it goes away. You effectively so you... return to being mortal. So if you're a perpetual guardian and you want the sweet release of death, well, there's a floating drone that you can just off and all your problems will go away. That has happened, actually. Ooh. There is a character in game who continues who die who dies of starvation and his ghost resurrects him, but it doesn't resur- but it doesn't resurrect him with a full stomach. He he revives still hungry, so he continuously dies of starvation over and over and over again until he ends up getting ready to kill his ghost. Like he points his gun at the ghost and is full on ready to kill his ghost until he ends up giving up and does and like doesn't do it and puts his gun down. And and decides that he's gonna like he's gonna go keep going basically. Now, why does this character just eat something? He was stuck on. I, I believe he was stuck on Europa, so like it was an ice planet. Oh, so no access to food. Period. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It was li- like he was he was literally like lost in like an ice wasteland. Oh, that's rough. Yeah. So if he wasn't dying of hypothermia, he was dying of starvation. You're right. Destiny. The, the more you the more you peel back the layers, Destiny is looking pretty grim, dark. Yep. But it also gets worse because um, when you're of reborn as a does. guardian, when you're reborn as a guardian, you are you are a clean slate, as in you don't have any memories of your past life. Okay. This is basically meant to make the perfect soldiers to you know make sure that you don't have any attachments to your former life. This is the theory, anyway, of why you lose your memories. It's to make sure that you uh, yeah. are, you know, the whole, it's like the whole the sticking Marines. point of the super soldier or the perfect super soldier. Yeah, it's like the space Marines where they lose their sense of humanity. They basically become above humans because they don't have attachments to humanity. Mm. Always a catch. Yes. The thing is, though, is that when Cade was resurrected, um, the damage done to his body wasn't severe enough because Cade actually had a journal on him, one of his journals. Mm. So when he was resurrected, when he was resurrected, he actually begins accessing his journals and actually begins learning of himself. And he calls him and he calls like the original Kate six, the me before me. And he actually starts to like piece together that there is actually a code hidden in this journal. And this actually leads Kate to assuming that there must be other journals because again, each journal is meant to map out where the previous journal is located. Okay. So interesting. Kate, Yes, yeah, so Kate ends up, he learns that he's a guardian. He, he learns a whole, you know, the speech of, we must, we are guardians, we protect, whatever, shut up. I'm going to go find the rest of my journals. <laughs> I just remember from the Destiny 2 trailers, it's like, okay, we got a lot of problems going on here, so we're going to need to get the big guns. And then, like all the all the characters in the trailer are staring, and he's like, what do you, like, I, I mean it, we need the literal big guns. Come on, guys. <laughs> yeah, so that's pretty true, though. That's, that's Kate. Um, Kate actually learns about his past like he's 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 being a guardian at the same time he's learning about his past though and the thing about guardians is like they'll use their weapons whatever they'll do whatever they can and he's learning about his history he's learning about his past and he actually begins idealizing his past self because he almost views it as this is the person I used to be this is the person I want to be 
Like, yeah, I made mistakes in my past life, but I want to be this. I want to be this person. And he ends up, like, adopting the moniker of, like, the queen as his wife and the ace of spades as his son. He ends up adopting that into his, like, current iteration. Because just because Clovis, because just like how Clovis Bray wasn't going to take his son and his wife away, becoming a garden isn't going to take his wife and son away from him. That is just pure determination right there. He sounds pretty, yeah, he actually sounds pretty full. Yeah, it's, it's honestly kind of beautiful in a way. There isn't very much that does happen during these early years, which is called the Dark Age, which is basically the early years of like falling to collapse. What is known is that Kay does eventually find his way to the last city. The last city is basically the uh, the on- the mega city that I that I mentioned earlier, and this the mega city, city has basically yeah, it's basically been been built under the traveler. Basically, the traveler, the site where the traveler is stationed, where it's like hanging above the planet, above Earth at this point, is basically seen as almost like a holy site, like this like site where our god died. So people are like literally making the last human survivors are making pilgrimages, like religious pilgrimages to the site of the traveler's death to kind of like migrate and, and like gather here. It's there, there's, definitely a... some, there's definitely some 40k references here. Some 40k references, plenty of Halo references. Cause you know, with, cause like we, like we talked about with GW, Bungie seems to like the, they seem to like the circle jerk too. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, that's good. That's good. So, it's assumed that Kay joins one of these um, pilgrimages, which is like a group of people. That, it's basically a, a migrate of people. And the thing about these pilgrimages is that a lot of them are just regular people, but most of them, I shouldn't say most of them, uh, there's a chance that typically guardians will join them. And if a guardian joins them, if you're ever like attacked, because at this point, the other alien races, the Fallen, the Cabal, the Vex, and the Hive are beginning to invade Earth. Earth and humanity has basically been like crippled. These four races are like, okay, fine, let's fucking finish them off, basically. Because the Fallen are chasing the Traveler, the Cabal the Cabal want to expand their empire, the Vex are just the Vex, they're fucking complicated as all hell, and the Hive worship the Darkness, and they'll follow, the, and they're basically chased wherever the Darkness goes. And because the Darkness was in, and because all these races basically can uh, gather on Earth, they're gonna, all these alien races start attacking Earth and start attacking humanity. So, Humans need to be protected. Guardians end up traveling alongside pilgrimage groups to make their way to a traveler. And that's how Kay joins the last city. Make sense? Cool. Mm-hmm. He says yes. Um, oh, go ahead. You uh, Any questions, Fast? No, I'm just I'm finding it really fascinating. Like, this, this is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> John was like, shit, this is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. No, nah, like, well, no, nah, no, nah, that's all good. <laughs> okay. okay. All right, um, keep going. <laughs> so if you remember, I mentioned um, that Cade is a hunter. So mm-hmm. if you don't know, a hunter is one of the three classes that you can play as in Destiny. There's the Titan, the Warlock, and the Hunter. These are based off of, like the standard fantasy tropes. So you have the Titan, who is the basic fighter. The Warlock is the basic wizard. The Hunter is the basic rogue. They're the, the general concept, but like add a paladin feel to each one. So like the Titan might be a paladin warrior, the warlock is like a paladin wizard, and then the hunter is a paladin rogue, essentially. Or paladin ranger, I suppose is the best way to put it. I'm trying to think if I was a if my character was like a Titan or a warlock. I want to say he was a warlock. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I got the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those are those are good choices. I respect those ones. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, there isn't actually like I don't want to say there's a, a, a strict class like oh you're only a titan you're only a hunter you're only a warlock. There the thing is that it's almost like I don't want to say it's like the force, but the best way to put it is that you have certain personality traits that carry over into your guardianship, like into your life as a guardian, that can affect how you become a guardian. Basically, each one of the three classes gain access to the light as as you can imagine being a guardian. And each class can use the light in different ways. So, for example, um, give me one second. One second. Okay. One. Okay. <laughs> Hello. Rayway. This is longer than one second. Yeah, it's totally. He lied to us. He lied to us. Not even through song, the best way. <laughs> so, is this making you want to pick up Destiny again, Jono? Yep, hundred percent. Like, I'm not enjoying this. <laughs> I was just like, wonder where Destiny is. I'm like, well, I got it on my PlayStation <laughs> or my PlayStation Five. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was actually gonna drop it in chat. I was like, dude. We should start a clan. Ooh, yeah. Is, I, is, is, the, is the original Destiny cross-platform though? I heard yeah, Destiny Two was, but Destiny Two was. I don't think Destiny One was. Ah, dang. Um, Destiny One's cool, but I think it's a bit dated now. Like it's it's cool to like get the storyline and stuff like cool, but like I think yeah. Destiny Two was at the time I got it, like around when it released. Uh, I th- there was this whole thing about like you know the online community or whatnot and like all the dance parties, which I guess that's what evolved into what you see in like yeah. Fortnite. So yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, like because I was I was Destiny like since day one, man. I remember like pre-ordering it when it dropped, like getting it and like staying up all night. Like me and my brother, like my brother lives hours away, like five hours drive so yeah we just Ooh. play like destiny together mm-hmm. it was cool like he'd, he'd roll a hunter and i'd roll a titan yeah it was cool really good That's like cool. good vibes man like those sort of games cool yeah i actually had one i actually had like two friends that they uh like as soon as i told them i got destiny they're like dude you should play with us so it's just so we tried to organize it to where you know, I like I I had just graduated college at this point and then gotten back home and then set everything up. Okay, I'm online now showing that my friend that you know my other friends are online. So just like I'm waiting there in the main city for them to show up so we can go on a raid or whatever together. But then they never showed up. So I'm like oh, so I'm just like, what the hell, guys? Come on now. So then I so then I come to find out that I think it was like you had to have the go Xbox Live Gold version or something crap like yeah. that so i'm just like i don't have that well shit yeah <laughs> hello i am here that was yeah. longer than one second Shades way longer there. than one second we've got to check your timekeeping devices <laughs> I, ray, I to grab you were i know ray you are not that bad at numbers come on dude. <laughs> <laughs> i have my baby uh, okay baby. Someone, he is, is becoming a guest star is it, it is anakin, anakin but here's, here's, oh. here's something else though i want to say i want to say something fast Okay, to show my love for Destiny, his name is Cade, or his name is Anakin Cade. Cade is his fucking middle name. 
Okay, that's actually cool. <laughs> so it's All right. fucking topical that he's with us. It's fucking topical. All right, I'll allow it. <laughs> he's like, Dad's talking about me. He's okay. I like when he's awake. It's so good. I get to hang out with him. <laughs> Bill is still passed out, though. All right, but I'm ready, though. Where'd I leave okay. off? Just a quick refresher fast. Uh, uh, oh, some of the classes. Some of the classes. Yes. Yeah. We're talking yeah, about the yeah. classes and like the like their abilities. Yes. Okay. I don't know if you're still recording or not. Well, we've been we've been recording. Yeah. Yeah. We, okay, we didn't great. stop, man. Oh, okay. Great. <laughs> so. <laughs> okay. So the difference between the classes, there isn't like I don't want to say there's a strict difference. Like, oh, if you if you're resurrected, you are strictly a hunter. If you're resurrected, you're strictly a titan. If you're resurrected, you're strictly a warlock. Um, there is crossover between them. The thing is that based on your personality traits, you might be more attuned to certain features of one of the classes. So, for example, hunters, which is what Cade is resur- is what he becomes. Hunters are going to be very strong, like fr- very free spirited. Um, they're freedom seekers. They're very rebellious. You know, they have those very kind of roguish traits, those roguish attributes to them. So that's kind of just the kind of feel you get from all uh, all hunter guardians. They have a very, they're very instinctual in the way they function, whereas the other the other classes function slightly differently. But with this yeah. crossover and, thing, so is it kind of like uh, I guess the way uh, classes in Dark Souls are, where like you start at a certain place with certain abilities, but over time you can basically do whatever the heck you want and it doesn't really matter at the end? Um, in game, no. In game, if you're a Titan, you're a Titan all the way through, but in lore, basically, yes. Okay. Like, in so, lore, there is a... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Jono. I was going to say, like, so what you're saying is, like, their personality traits during their life before they're resurrected is sort of what attributes to what class they would become. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So, like, you know, like Titans are very like stoic, proud, like you know, sort of. Yeah, your prototypical like warrior type. Your your prototypical like paladin ass character. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like in lore, there is a warlock who uses a Titan ability, and it's it's explicitly stated that he has a knack. He has his personality is very much like a Titan, but he is but he's predominantly a warlock in nature. So because he has like Titan aspects and that he's very proud, he's very stoic, he can yeah. take he can he can learn Titan abilities or abilities that would be almost I don't want to say exclusive, but like abilities that would probably be used by Titans. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, yeah. so it's kind of like uh in the Knights of the Old Republic RPGs and stuff, like you can learn other force abilities that as long as you're not like overly light side or overly dark side, you can that you can learn abilities that kind of delve into both both yes, sides. Exactly. Of it. Yeah. Cool. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so there isn't very much of that Cade does during the city, like in during the city age, which is at the point in time he is, like at the point of time this is at. Although he does become friends with a fellow hunter named Andal Brask. And Andal Brask is like an old I don't want I don't want to say he's old, but he's like okay. He's an he's old for a guardian, like as in he's been around for a long time. Like, um, Cade mentioned that he's around, that according to, um, records, he entered the last city, like, he became a member of the last city's, um, population 126 years ago, like, before the present date. So, 
he's he's roughly around like you know 100 130 years old roughly so Andal would probably be closer to the 200 year range I was gonna say but with like human lifespan being tripled or quadrupled or whatever that's still like yeah middle aged yeah I mean again this is, they don't age so I mean like yeah yeah they, true. but they've been yeah but they've been around that long like they've been alive for that many years mm, he's probably seen some things yeah. That's kind of the point. Endobrask is very much a he's a friend to K, but he's a lot more like he's one of those older friends you have that might like teach you things. Like they they're more they're more world weary. So and it's actually under and Endobrask basically becomes the unofficial. Well, I don't say unofficial because um hunters like every class has their almost like unique form of like tutorship. Mm-hmm. Like hunt like warlocks go to like school effectively. Titans have like a mentorship with several students or several candidates. The hunters have a very much like Sith slash Jedi approach where they'll take a single hunter under their wing and train them because they're known to be very independent and instinctual. So they often function as like pairs. They they often work in pairs rather. Always two there are. No more, no less. So Andal Brass basically becomes uh, Cade Six's unofficial, basically official master slash mentor. Hmm. What about the Warlocks? Uh, the warlocks have something similar, but theirs is more akin to like a school, where like, or it's rather akin to like a collective, where like you have several warlocks that work together to study. So kind of like Hogwarts. All, yeah, and they might study under a single <laughs> warlock, uh, and they all and they all tend to study under the vanguard, like the headmaster, effectively of the warlocks. Yeah, but I'm definitely getting Harry Potter vibes now. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Titans is very much like how do I put it? There are a lot more like, I don't want to say they're like knights, but there's very much like, oh, I am a single Titan master and I have like two or three protégés under me. They're, they're similar to the hunters, but they have much more, they have more students than the hunters do. They're kind of like a night house uh, from 40k, essentially. Yeah, like pretty you much. Got the, you got like the main knight suit, but then you have like the armagers and stuff under them for your, like your, your typical knight army and whatnot. Yes, exactly. <laughs> But that's 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 general like teaching styles of it. And this this is kind of what's led to their excuse in game of why you can cross class is that over the over time uh, the classes have become so I don't want to say isolated, but they've become so in indebted to what their identities are that it's kind of gotten harder to cross class, basically. Mm-hmm. Because when I mentioned because when I mentioned the warlock using a Titan ability, this was in the early age, like before there was ever like before the classes were recognized as actual classes. Uh, so back when that stuff was kind of a, a little bit more forgivable? Or... Yeah. Not forgivable, but like um, there weren't really like rules about it, basically. Hmm. Or I guess it wasn't really standardized what a Titan ability was. So is there any kind of uh, I don't want to say the that word again. Classism. Is there any kind of classism going on? Oh, yes, definitely. 100%. Uh. <laughs> it's honestly a running joke in the game that there's that the that destiny that the destiny classes are racist to one another. <laughs> it's hilarious. Like the like they like one of the running jokes is that Titans eat crayons. <laughs> that the warlocks wear dresses and the hunters need special boots to jump. <laughs> so man. Started with Skaven and the Warhammer. We just we just can't escape the racism, can we? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> the 
there's literally an event in game called uh, Guardian Games, and it's basically hunters versus titans versus warlocks. And it's basically promote this idea of the classes competing and insulting each other. And it's hilarious. <laughs> because the class that wins gets like a statue in their honor built in the tower, which is like the hub area of the game. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so it's like, oh, the Titans win this year. Oh, look, they got a statue. Everyone else doesn't. <laughs> so it's one big dick measuring contest. Yes, literally. The, the event in game has three flags. That get progressively taller and taller and taller the more of these of specific like events you do in game. <laughs> Dang it, Timmy's rubbing it again. The flag is getting bigger. <laughs> there was a there was a uh, display glitch where if you stood at the right angle, the flag would like go into the sky, basically. <laughs> but now with Viagra. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know, I mean. Every game has that level of classism involved. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Even Anakin agrees. He's like, mm, yes, indeed. Indeed. Mm, yes, luck- yes. Mm, yes, yes. Hunt for the win. Uh, I find that kind of um, funny considering you like Thousand Sons and they're psychers. Well, I like warlocks. I play, I use warlocks. Okay. I was going to say, how does the elf simp magic lover not play a, a vaguely magic using class in Destiny? <laughs> oh, the, the warlocks are fucking amazing. De- I mean, all the classes in Destiny are like, I don't want to say they're broken, but like when you read the actual lore tabs of what they do, of what their abilities actually canonically do, like I'll use Cade for an example. Cade, he learns under Randall Brask. And under Randall Brask, he learns about the way of the gunslinger, which is. Um, all the classes have like different ways of describing their subclasses. So, for example, the hunters have three subclasses. They have the gunslinger, the arc strider, and the uh, void walker. And each one of these is based off of um, a fundamental force of the universe. And I mean that literally. The void walker is based off of gravity, in that they can use um, gravitational forces and like basically create black holes to trap and tether people to locations. Hmm. Like I, I literally mean they create black hole like singularities on like they'll they'll fire an arrow that creates a singularity at a location that pulls people to them. This is like forty k levels of busted technology here. <laughs> it's space magic. <laughs> <laughs> um, the arc no, it's not basically... space magic. It is the warp or the spirit <laughs> of. Say it with me now. Oh, uh. <laughs> oh, uh. You know what I'm trying to get you to say. <laughs> um, the Archstrider, they basically control electromagnetism in that they basically have electric powers. They supercharge themselves with electricity, can move at the speed of lightning, and can basically create two lightsabers that cut through shit. You had me at lightsabers. Oh, I should say these are electric-powered lightsabers. They have lightning crackling off them at the same time. I approve. <laughs> Because if getting cut by lightsaber was bad enough, they also electrify you. <laughs> Me gusta. And the one that Cade specializes in was the gunslinger, which uses solar solar energy, which is the equivalent to um, strong and weak nu- strong and weak nuclear force. And what I mean by that is that if you basically supercharge a firearm that you're carrying or like um, a weapon that you're carrying in your hand. 
and you supercharge it with solar energy, like the power from the sun, and it basically gains properties similar to that. In Cade's case, the golden gun, he can supercharge a pistol with the power of the sun, and it will literally fire. I think there's, I think they're described as solar flares. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> solar you basically flares fire on bullets that are solar flares. <laughs> cool. Yep. So, with, with Cade's background, I mean, that kind of lends to the gunslinger aspect to him. It yes. seems like. Yes. Another option that the gunslingers have is the Way of the Thousand Cuts, where they basically supercharge a knife or like a, yeah, like a knife that they're carrying in their hand. And they can basically throw this knife, well, really fucking hard and really fucking fast. <laughs> <laughs> so like a, uh, damn, what's that Harlequin weapon? Shuriken, shuriken blade? Basically, yeah. So, yeah, that's the general idea of the gunslingers. Um, so I'm going to ask you guys a question, though. What are you guys' thoughts on just what I described to you about those three classes and the power available to Guardians? That's like, I guess to me, it seems like Jedi meets uh, Space Marine almost meets. Uh... Now, nah, Jedi meets Space Marine, kind of. That's what I'm going to go with. But with unlimited resurrections. That, too. <laughs> Jono um yeah like OP as fuck <laughs> like Gunslinger was fantastic I loved it I loved the the concept of it and like mixed mixed with a big super chunky pistol who doesn't love that yeah exactly <laughs> it's chunk. very fun yeah yeah, there's also, I should mention, the Gunslinger, specifically the, um, well, I think it's all the classes, honestly, but all the supers, which is like the super move that you're available to do with your with your subclass, they all have some lore base around them. Like, for example, the gun that Gunslingers uh, generate, it isn't just your gun. You actually, like, create a gun out of solar energy, and this gun takes the form of a gun that has very big, like, lore significance that I won't get into now. But I will let you know that it is like really big lore related to hunters. Like it's like it's basically the hunters like I don't want to say creation myth, but it's a very important like legend among the hunters. And so every hunter when they create the gold Yeah. So when they create the golden gun, they're basically recreating this specific like handgun from their legend. Yeah, I did not know that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Just just off topic, like the head, the the guns in Destiny, and like my personal favorite was like I always had to roll a handgun. I just love it. Yes, the handguns are super fun. They're super crisp yeah. to fire. Yeah, hell yeah, very cool, very cool. Yes, yes, yes. But um, yeah, he studies the he basically studies the gunslinger more than anything, and it becomes a specialty. And Brast as all. As all like older hunters and older guardians do, they kind of specialize into all three elements. But it's also I don't want to say it's it's rare, but it's a it's it's a big event if you can learn all three elements. Mm. <laughs> because like um the best way to put it is like you could learn all three elements, but you'll never master one of them, you know? Or you can master one, but you might fail to master the other two unless you have a lot of time on your hands and a lot of time to perfect it. And often it takes like a trigger to like actually activate or to like gain access to these elements. Like for example, um, the during to for one of the classes for the warlocks to gain access to to arc energy, 
they literally have to stand in a superstorm on Mars in order to like consume enough electromagnetic energy to basically gain access to art to like electric energy to arc energy as it's described. For the Titans, they have to like go to Mercury, which is where a place called a Sunforge is located, and it's basically a massive storage of solar energy, and they have to basically forge a hammer from this solar energy. Would you say like a war hammer? <laughs> um, no, it's well, they do get a war hammer. It's closer to like small little throwing hammers. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> um, I guess GW then... would have slapped them with would have slapped Bungie with a lawsuit. <laughs> yes, and then the warlock, the hunters, to get access to void energy, the the one that fires black hole arrows. You need they need to go to a very powerful place that's full of like very strong gravitational energy, and they have to basically take the arrow from a previous um void stalker. You basically have to like intake energy from them and build and and build a bow and arrow from it. Ooh, yes. It's very cool all the ways they have to get energy. But like I said, you have to like learn it. You have to like go out and like seek ways to develop your own abilities in certain like ways. Kind of like how Jedi have to like hunt down their own crystals that, that power their lightsaber and gives them their color. Um, similar, yeah. That would be a good way of describing it. Cool. Yes. Um, but overall, there isn't very much of like Cade's city age lore. Besides the fact that he grows very close with Andal Brass, becoming best friends with him. Um, but Kate does actually go on to form a fire team of hunters only, which is, I don't want to say rare, but because hunters are innately free-spirited, for a lot of them to like gather together into like an actual like like a, an actual squad is kind of on the rarer side because all of them kind of want to lone wolf it, basically. Mm-hmm. And because Cade is like the most notorious, I mean that quite literally. Like a lot of guardians don't like him because he's known to cheat when it comes to like playing card games or like simple games of <laughs> chance. He's known to cheat a lot. the The group is funnily called Cade Six because fire teams have six members. Mm-hmm. You know, Cade just has a he has a little infamy among himself among all of his fellow guardians. And Obrask also jokingly said that Cade. Is giving all hunters a bad name. <laughs> so it looks like his uh, gambling addictions have come back to haunt him. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> like I said, personality traits carry over to your guardianship. So, I mean, like, he must have had a pretty strong gambling addiction. <laughs> and now it only gets worse. <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, quite literally, because one of the things Kate was also known for was another game of chance called The Crucible. So the Crucible is a live fire training ground for Guardians to basically train themselves because the best way to um, train a Guardian and how to fight is to put them against something that could really challenge a Guardian, which is another Guardian. This is basically okay. de- this is basically de- Destiny's excuse for uh, PvP, for player versus player matches. Ah. Because, you know, if you're immortal, like if you're immortal and you die, the best way to like train yourself would be to, you know, have live fire exercises against your fellow competitors. And Cade was known to have an extremely, like a ridiculously high kill streak. <laughs> was he also was... famous for teabagging? Probably. <laughs> wouldn't put it past him, would you? I wouldn't be surprised. It was said that it was said that he had the second highest kill streak in the Crucible. After who? Um, I Cora Ray, the warlock. <laughs> The warlock commander. Ah, the magic user. 
Yes. She basically could teleport short distances and she had a shotgun. So she would use what's called the uh, blink shotgun combo, which was a very common thing that that warlocks use, especially myself. <laughs> I was gonna say, no wonder, no, no wonder I chose the warlock for my original playthrough. <laughs> yeah, her gun also re- her gun also has a feature that feeds off of her energy to basically create ammo from nothing. So she's never low on ammo. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah, you know, naturally she. She, she, I think the actual event was that Kate was like highest on the killer board or whatever, and she teleports out of nowhere and shoots him in the back. I believe is how the actual engagement went. <laughs> and, and like to this day, Kate is like never has like never forgiven her because he's like, You only kill, you only won because you shot me in the back or because you use like cheap tricks. And then she's kind of her response is always just like, You're a hunter, <laughs> you are the cheap trick. <laughs> yeah it's like who the fuck are you to talk about using cheap tricks you're a fucking hunter <laughs> I, I meant to ask this earlier so like every time they die they get brought back to life by their ghost is it Aww. is it like without any kind of drawbacks or anything so they're always yeah, back to their prime level it's, so it's not like a dark souls where it's just like you lose a piece of you every time you die or something like that no it's you come back to life your full self the only difference was like I said that in that instance where you die of starvation you come back starving Okay. Yeah. Or hang on. I believe the concept was he comes back to life, but he continuously dies of starvation. So, but regardless, yeah, you, you basically just come back to life like your your full self. And un- and unlike uh, your first time you resurrected, you keep all your memories from your subs from your following deaths, so you can only ever gain more experience. Ah. Yes. So like, even if you die, you still like learn something. <laughs> Other than that, man, I get hungry a lot quicker. Man, when you're walking through the frozen wastelands of Europa by yourself and you have literally nothing, you start to realize, man, starving to death sucks. I am lonely. <laughs> but yeah, so like I said, Cade was a very good, like, crucible competitor. Uh, he lost to Ikora Ray because, fuck yes, Ikora Ray is awesome. Um, so, how much of a role does he actually play in the first Destiny? Because I don't know uh, if I just didn't follow <laughs> that line or. Um, I will get to what he does, but you kind of get yeah, you'll kind of get what I'm saying when you get to when I get to that part because it's coming up like right away. Okay, because I don't think I remember interacting with him at all during like my playthrough. Grant, like I said, I never actually finished it. Finished it, so maybe I just didn't get far enough to where you could interact with him. Um, depending on what class you play, it depends on who you interact. Because if you play warlock, you interact with like core ray. If you play with hunter, you interact with Cade. If you play, oh, hunt, okay. you play tight, yeah, it depends on what class you play. Okay. But yeah, but the general consensus is regardless of what class you play, the characters you interact with have a very small impact on the game. They mostly are regulated to quest givers, I'm gonna be totally honest. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Like there there is a reason for it though, which I'll get to like right like right away. At this point, you know, Cade's riding high, but he's also like, you know, he's earning a lot of infamy. Um <laughs> And at this point, it's been two years since the current Van- Hunter Vanguard, which is like the, the you know the the one in charge of all the hunters had had died, like he was killed in the field of battle, mm-hmm. and so the position of uh, Hunter Vanguard was left empty, which is kind of a bad thing, especially for the hunters, because the <laughs> idea of the Hunter of the Vanguard of the there's three positions: there's the Titan Vanguard, Warlock Vanguard, Hunter Vanguard. And these are basically the um, the most like chapter masters, if not like the if not like the legion commanders 
of those respective classes. And so mm-hmm. they're the ones who you turn to to learn, to study. They're the ones who they give you your missions. They tell you what the 411 is. They tell you what you need to do. Like, let's say a position needs to be held and the Titans need to hold it. Well, they'll go to the Titan commander for that information. If the warlocks need to study something or there's a particular like magical threat, well, they'll go to the warlock commander. And if the there needs to be like a commando sabotage mission needs to be done, well, the hunters will go to the hunter vanguard. But if there's no hunter vanguard, the hunters can coordinate their forces. And because the hunters are innately free spirited, mm. coordination is kind of mm. non-existent. Okay. Yeah. Now, Endelbrask, being a older a older hunter and basically being Cade's mentor, kind of wanted him to grow up. To say it, to put it lightly, <laughs> like like I said, he was like his mentor, if not like an older brother figure, if not like an older friend level. And he didn't like that Cade was basically, he was the standard rogue, basically. He felt that Cade needed to learn responsibility, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> so what he does is he starts what's called, well, he doesn't start this. He takes up what's called the Vanguard Dare. And this is a thing exclusive to the Hunters. So... The Vanguard Dare is something that was created explicitly for the Hunters by the Hunters. The mm-hmm. idea is it's a challenge. It's a challenge, if not like an open bet. And the idea is, um, how do I put it? It's basically a dick measuring contest for the Hunters. <laughs> so not only are they have, having dick measuring contests with other classes, they're having dick measuring contest, contests with themselves. Yes. Because again, because hunters are innately free spirited, none of them actually want to take the position on the on the vanguard. They want to be out in the field. Because again, if you become a vanguard representative, you're basically like stuck to the table, forced to like be in charge of coordinating forces. You know, you're 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 working at desk job when you want to be out in the field. Mm, truly a horrible existence. Yes. Oh man, man, look at all these alien races that are killing people, killing guardians. Oh man. I really want to be out there and not safe within this fortified city doing paperwork. Oh, no. You have been accused of these crimes and your punishment is desk duty. No. I mean, that's that's honestly how it feels for the hunters. Like they like to, like I said, they're the center gunslinger. They want to be out in the field. They want to have the wind blowing through their hair or in Kate's case, blowing through his horn. (laughs) So, um, Andal Brask decides, hey, Kate, come here. Um, I dare you. And Kate's like, what? I dare you. And the idea is um, there's a challenge. Like, I'm offering a challenge. Whoever loses must take up the position as Vanguard commander. And because Andal Brask was older and he was basically Kate's master, he was like, yeah, I got this in the bag. I'll fucking kick your ass, Kate. <laughs> and the dare was, I dare, we're going to dare each other. And the idea is there is a fallen, your the race you know about, Gerald. Yes. Um, and there was a fallen pirate called Tanix. And he was basically like this really big, like eight, nine foot tall fallen who was extremely strong, but he held no allegiance to any of the fallen houses. The fallen function almost like a crime family mafia syndicate type thing. This would be equivalent to like a a mercenary who works for a bunch of different crime families, basically. Okay. 
And Tanix was ruthless. He was he stole spaceships. He killed he had killed guardians beforehand. So he had a notorious like streak on him already. He had a bounty on his head by the by the Vanguard. So the idea was whoever kills Tanix first wins. Loser becomes the Vanguard commander. Naturally, K is kind of haughty, and Obraf is also haughty. They're both hunters. They're both going to be fucking dickheads to each other. <laughs> As you do. Now, the thing is, though, is that Andal Brask never got a chance to defeat Tanix because Cade got the lucky shot and killed him first, which means Andal lost the dare and he had to become the Vanguard commander. Mm. Truly the worst fate in existence. Which I think is hilarious because he's like, I'm going to fucking teach this fucking little brat some responsibility. Oh, shit. I'm, I'm <laughs> still loses. Fuck. <laughs> uh, fuck. And the best part is that because, well, I don't want the best part, because Andal was, again, Cade's mentor, and he was very much a a wizened, almost like balancing figure in Cade's life, because Cade didn't have his mentor around anymore, who was, you know, keeping him in check, Cade basically went full-on super arrogant. I don't want to say super arrogant, but he became even more of a hunter than he already was. Which, you know, is not great. Well, it depends on how you want to put it. But depending on how you want to put it, it might not be great. So, you know, he's doing his hunter things, doing his hunter things. And he's kind of like, he's staying in touch with Andal, but he's mostly like keeping, letting Andal do his own thing. Up until Cade hears some information that makes him really pissed off and makes Andal fucking grin his ass off. Mm. You know what that is? What's that? Tenex is alive. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> like I like to imagine Kay's like you know he's flying through he's driving on his on his ship through Earth or whatever he gets a message and it's Andal and he's like oh hey Andal and Andal's just like grinning like his ass off and he's like what and he's still grinning his ass off and he's like what hey guess what what Tanix is alive and Kay I'm just imagining him to be like fuck <laughs> <laughs> Because it turns out Kay didn't secure the kill, or rather he didn't confirm the kill. And Tanix Oops. was actually rescued by his supporters, who actually began augmenting him with technology to repair his body. And turned him into basically a cyborg, which actually made Tanix even stronger and even taller. And even more of a threat. You done goofed, Cade. You done goofed. Yeah. So, Cade, kind of, you know, insulted by this... Um, forms the like he re, he forms the Cade Six again with Andal being one of the members. And because the dare was never like refilled, Andal basically gets leave from the Hunter Vanguard position. <laughs> it's like, oh man, Kate, you really fucked up, didn't you? I guess I get to leave. I'm leaving <laughs> the tower. <laughs> so now since the so, so now the uh bit is is opened up again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so they go, so, you know, they're doing the thing, and Kate is pissed off. He's like, you know what? I need to fucking avenge my fucking failure. This is stupid. And Andal's, <laughs> you know, he's riding high, and as they go to actually assault uh, Tanix's ship, attack his forces with Kate 6, there's actually an issue. Because remember how I said Tanix worked for all of the, like, crime families of the Fallen Houses? Yeah. He decides he's going to call in a bunch of favors, so uh, when the hunters go to an- to uh, Tanix's location, they don't find Tanix and his crew. They find Tanix, his crew, and additional forces from all of the other fallen houses supporting him. <laughs> so they basically just walked right into the middle of a- an ambush. It's a trap! 
Mm. Yeah, it's it's not you really great. done. You really done goofed there, Cade. Yeah, it's really not great. You know, it, it was a trap, and 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 uh, Tanix is real. Like he's a very vengeful fallen. Like he really wants to kill Cade for for humiliating him. But yeah, he just wants to be really spiteful. He's all, like he's a very vindictive to the point that like. I believe one of the hunters mentions that uh, Tanix probably could have killed them already, or there is more effective ways of killing them. But Tanix wants to be really spiteful. He wants to drag out their suffering. He wants to make them like you no. Know, he wants to make sure they spring every single trap, kind of thing, just to like make them lose. And luckily, Kay and his forces are all hunters, so they're smart enough to like finish traps because you know they're the rangers. They should. And in the final fight, it comes down to most of the hunters have been weakened. They haven't been killed, but they've been weakened. So it comes down to only Andal and uh, Cade fighting Tanix. And Cade is knocked away. And just as Andal's going for the kill, he gets captured by Tanix, who first kills his ghost and then kills Andal in front of Cade. Mm. And Cade manages to pull himself together for a moment and damage Tanix but is not able to secure the kill once again. And Tanix is content with being spiteful and decides to leave. <laughs> because it's the idea of like, not only could you not kill me, but I killed your best friend in front of you, and now I'm leaving him here. Goodbye. And Tanix leaves. Like, I shouldn't say Tanix leaves like he's like leaving with a victory. He still got like fucked up by Cade, but he didn't get killed by Cade. He didn't get killed by Kate, and he still pulled a fast one on him, too. So, might as well be yeah. a W for him. Yeah. And Kate is kind of just left to deal with the fact that this was his fuck up. Like, if he would have killed Tanix from the beginning, he wouldn't have lost his best friend, the closest thing to family he has left. This is where Cade, this is where Cade kind of makes, well, Cade has made this joke before. He doesn't make this joke at the moment, but he kind of, but it's become a running joke that Cade says that Andal had the last laugh because. Cade technically lost the dare because Andal couldn't fulfill it. So Cade has basically lost by default and Cade becomes a new Hunter Vanguard. Oh, uh, so that's how you, I guess, so that's how Hunters meet him in the last city. Yeah. By default, the best kind. <laughs> <laughs> to find, to like, set to, as a final sig, as a final segue onto Andal, Cade actually takes up his cloak. Because every class has like a specific like class item. Hunters they have a like shoulder band. Titans yeah. have a uh, mark, which is like a um, a banner or like um, a tabard on them. Hunters have capes, and capes are are a form of personal heraldry. So like if a hunter has a cape, it's meant to be like, oh, that's your cape. That's your form of personal heraldry. But if a hunter ever picks up the cape of another hunter. That is almost like a form of penance. It's like, I am wearing your heraldry. I am wearing your coat of arms. And it's usually only done when a hunter has died. And it's another hunter picking it up to avenge them. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, okay. yeah, cool. so, yeah, so when you wear a cloak in game, you're technically wearing either your own heraldry or the heraldry of a famous hunter. Because some hunters, it's their, it's their excuse for why... Um, a bunch of guardians can wear the same cloak or the same kind of bullshit. It's basically meant to be like, oh, you get to wear a recreation of this famous hunter's cloak kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. It's a really cool like form of symbolism for the idea that hunters wear cloaks. Like it isn't just like a design feature. It's meant to be like an actual like symbolic thing. 
that's basically where Kate kind of wears off, though. Like, this is basically the, this is, for the most part, this is all he does up until the start of Destiny 1, where he becomes a glorified quest giver. And he utters the famous line, take me with you. <laughs> like, if you're ever a hunter and you stand by Kate in Destiny 1, you'll, you'll actually regularly hear him whisper, take me with you. Because he does not want to be stuck at his desk job. Yeah. But the thing is that um, as Hunter Vanguard, he could actually like initiate the dare with any other hunter. Like he could just be like, oh, hey, Vanguard dare you. But the thing is that Cade, he doesn't do that because he both feels incredible shame for and for what he did for Andal and the fact that Andal wanted Cade to grow up, that he actually does refuses to like let any other hunter have the position except him, even though he hates the position himself. Hmm. Sounds like he did grow up after all. Yeah, too bad Andal couldn't see it. Mm. I should also mention that Cade is the only member of the Vanguard to not master, um, to only ever master one of the elements and barely perfect another. So, like, to be part of the Vanguard, you should typically have um, all three elements at the very least perfected, if not mastered. Cade has only mastered one. (laughs) <laughs> mm. Well then, but you know that's that's mostly what K does during Destiny One and most of the previous expansions. He does he does actually go on to become friends with um another hun- another uh fallen though during the House of Olves expansion. Um, a fallen by the name of Varix actually becomes friends with the Last City with Guardians, and Cade actually has a one sided friendship with Varix. You say one side. What do you mean by that? Uh, Cade was friends with Varix. Varix said no. Oh, okay. That's simple. Yeah, like um, to use a Deadpool example, it's very. It's kind of like um, I guess I can use Deadpool. It's very. It's kind of like Cade wants to be friends with Varix because one, he wants to be. He wants to be friends with the Fallen, or wants to be friends with this particular Fallen in general. But also, it's kind of like. Oh, you're my ally. We're allies of convenience. Let's be allies. Like, let's be friends more than allies. And Varix is like, no, leave me alone. <laughs> so he's basically like the uh, cable to Cade's Deadpool. Kind of, yeah. That's the best way to put it. Okay. So he become like he becomes friends with Varix, which is kind of cute. Um, and Cade actually convinces Varix to restart what's called the Prison of Elders. Which is, um, I believe it's a fallen tradition. It's basically trial by combat. So if a fallen is ever arrested, they can, um, if they're ever arrested, they can declare what's called prison of elders, or they can declare for the prison of elders, which is trial by combat. It's basically where you are in an arena, and um, your judge, your jailer, and your executioner all have to verse you. And if you defeat all three, you're set free. Interesting. Yeah, and the arena is meant to be laid, like laid, littered with traps and like weapons to kind of like even the score. And it's meant to be like if you're lucky enough, if you're swift enough, if you're smart enough, if you're skilled enough, you will avoid all the traps, use all the weapons, anything you can to basically escape your your judgment. Cool. This is Kate's kind of making friends a little bit. He does help with the Taken King, but you're gonna play the game, and anyone who played the game understands. For people who haven't played, um, Cade been helps during the Taken War. Which is an event where it's a it's a major event in Destiny's history that we will hopefully cover if this series picks up. 
but he helps the Guardians secure um, stealth technology that makes it possible to um, invade an enemy stronghold. I won't cover too much. I'll save it for if we cover the Taken a Taken War episode. Otherwise, I'll just say he's he's integral to the plot of that one anyway. Yeah. Cool. Um, cool. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, Cade becomes he does. I don't want to become his friends. He was always friends with them. But there is another EXO called Shiro Four, and Cade basically takes him under his wing, even though they're roughly the same age. And Shiro Four kind of sees it similar to how Cade saw with Andal, where it's like, "Why are you saying I'm your apprentice? We're like friends. What the fuck's going on?" And Cade's like, "Yeah, but I'm your master. Like I'm the Hunter <laughs> Vanguard. Are you really gonna say I'm not?" <laughs> <laughs> like you're my apprentice you're my understudy and she was like no we're not and Kate's like yeah we are I said so you're gonna argue with me <laughs> so does he kind of function as like main quest giver what not in destiny 2 or is there a little bit more to him or oh I'll get to it I'll get to it okay because that's coming up right away yeah um okay yeah but like I said with Shiro 4 he basically becomes his mentor even though Shiro 4 has already mastered the arc element and Cade has has only really like scratched the surface of it, which I think is hilarious. He's like, yeah, I'm your teacher, but you outclassed me in, in the thing that I should be teaching you how to learn. Hmm, how does that work? We don't speak of things that make sense. <laughs> um, there's actually a bit of lore that said that Andal, Cade, and Shiro were all so close friends, were like really close that um Cade was the voice, like he was the face. So he's the guy who sent into you know smooth talk people during a heist. Uh, um, uh, Shiro was the guy be- was the guy behind the scenes. He was the one hacking shit. He was the one sneaking into places. And Andal was the mastermind. Yeah. So your own, your yeah. very own XO eight. Well, Andal was a human. Oh, still eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, they were good friends. Shiro and Kate were good friends. Um, up until the Red War, where um for a period of time the traveler is captured. We'll cover we'll cover the Red War again if we if we get an episode on it. The traveler is captured by the Cabal Empire and all guardians lose access to their light temporarily. It's a really horrific event, honestly. I'm kind of underselling it, but again, if it gets an episode, it gets an episode. Mm-hmm. And um Cade ends up adopting a chicken named Colonel. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Like I cannot, exp- I cannot express this any clearer. He adopts a chicken and names it Colonel, <laughs> and uses it as a decoy so he can kill people, so he can kill Cabal, which for reference, like ten foot tall, like gr- alien turtle people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is literally a scene of Colonel like walking in the middle of a street. A cabal goes up to a person to kill it, and then Cade free falls out of a building and stabs it in the skull. And he's like, "Good job, Colonel." What does that make like eight? Implying <laughs> that they've been doing this like the entire night, and I'm just thinking that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, yeah, it's it's fucking hilarious. It's a, it's a great fucking thing. However. Um, that's mostly where Cade's story ends up, up until the Forsaken campaign, which is where I will now send that video I mentioned. Uh, I mentioned before. Okay. So I don't know how you want to do this for the podcast. If you want to um, just have us talk over the video, 
or if you want to cut out the uh, like do a little skip, little uh, skip of the while we're watching the video and then come back to it. Um, I think for the interests of time, Jono, did you say you had something uh, going on that you need to take? Yeah, I, I got I got like twenty minutes, so <clears throat> I reckon watch the, video, watch the video, skip it out, and then like do our reactions back to it or something. Okay. All right, that's fine by me. So in that case, I will I will go ahead and end this, and we'll watch the video, and then just uh, just do one more uh, really quick recording. Yum on. Fine by me. Sound good. All right. Yep. Here we go. Oof! Uh, right in the fields. Mm-hmm. Dang! It hurts as much the first time I seen it. Yep, never gets easier. I'm not gonna cry. I promise myself. Mm. Not gonna cry. Not gonna so, cry. Get back in. Get back in there, tear. So, for anyone wondering, we just watched the last call of the gunslinger, which is the last cinematic presenting us with Cade Six. So, for those who don't know, Gerald, Jono, do you guys want to give a, I guess, a brief rundown of what just happened? It's like Cade was facing off against a bunch of fallen because they're the forearmed guys, right? Yeah. So yeah, he's facing off against a bunch of fallen, and right when he's about to heal himself, his ghost gets ghosted. Yeah. So he's already badly damaged and wounded, and then here comes a big fallen with a big flame and mace, and smack right through a cement wall. Yeah. But mm. I think the trailer teaser captures up like a great synopsis of Cade himself. Like he's arrogant, he's cocky, but he backs it up. Like, you know, he takes down so many fallen and like he's doing it like complete smart ass. Like his mouth is running the whole time. Like it just shows up his skill, his ability. Um shows off a couple of like the what do you call the it? Abilities. Like, yeah, like, you know, he, he hits the flaming gun, the knives. Like, it's just so cool, man. So he talks yeah. the talk and he walks the walk. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. It, really, it really hits to what Kate is capable of. And it also is sad to see him go. Mm. It, it, like, like Jonah was saying, it does give a very good synopsis of who he is as a character. He's a smart ass, he's cocky, he's confident. And above all, he's skilled. And he backs up that co- uh, that confidence. Yeah, yeah. man. It's, it, the thing is, uh, I remember when it dropped, and like it, <clears throat> they were like, "Hang on, did they just like take out Cade?" And there was a bit of an uproar. Yeah, there was a. I don't want to say there was a light uproar. A lot of people were mad. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like I've seen a lot of boycott Destiny comments yep. going on. Oh dear. Yeah, like well, he he added a depth of layer of character building, like because like Destiny's quite serious, quite grim, dark. It's it's quite like you know, meh. but he added like the layer of comedy, like comedic relief. Uh, like it was a great character in like the way he was built and brought to the forefront of the game. Yeah, he also brought a level of a chaoticness to it, whereas like. Yeah. The other members of the Vanguard, the Hunter and the, the Warlock and the Titan, they are very much like very lawful, very stoic, very responsibility driven. Where Cade's very joking nature really like 
had a leveling factor to it. So his death really like, I believe their exact words for killing Cade was this was meant to be the new era of destiny of darker storytelling. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't win me over with that decision. So it's yeah. like if forty. So it's like if forty K decides to kill off all their Primark characters again, <laughs> again. <laughs> Horus Heresy two point Well, they need to kill them so they can bring them back again in Horus Heresy three point oh. <laughs> coming uh, coming soon to Warhammer fifty K near you. Oof. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> but, yeah, they're. This I can is... see the neck beads just cracking the fingers at their keyboards already. <laughs> you can't kill Gilliman. Yeah. Actually, well, actually, Vulcans are perpetual, so we can't die. <laughs> Shut the fuck up! Give me, give me sand and, and warp lightning, and I'll kill him myself. <laughs> but I don't like sand. <laughs> <laughs> um, would you guys believe me if Cade story doesn't actually fully end? Yeah, I I believe it. Because I've heard, I've heard rumors and whispers. Um, in the most recent expansion coming out, I believe next year, uh, Cade will be making a return as a um, a type of ghostial figure and mentor for the Guardian and for the people of the last city. Ah, uh, Jedi ghosts, cool. Ooh, that is cool. Force, Force ghosts. Yeah. Yes. But that's Kate's story. That's more. That's where it ends. Um, I will be finishing up a little bit with, like I said, I mentioned exotics earlier. I'll be just quickly mentioning some of the uh, weapons that Kate uses that we in game will be able to get to use, or do get to use rather. Mm-hmm. It's really only one though. <laughs> <laughs> so in the trailer, um, in that video that we've seen, Kate actually had a pistol that had the Ace of Spades on it. That gun is seriously called the Ace of Spades, which yeah. he named after his son, obviously. That is a gun that we can get in Destiny 1, but when we get in Destiny 1, it's confirmed to be a recreation. Like, you have to do a whole quest line with Cade to get it, and when you yeah. get it, Cade says that this is like a recreation of his gun, that it's just a copy. But in Destiny 2, um, after you finish the Forsaken campaign, which is the campaign where Cade inevitably dies in, you uh, actually get your hands on Cade's gun, the Ace of Spades, but it is damaged. And you have to go through a long, a little annoying campaign, a little mission to uh, repair it. But this actually involves going to each and every single one of Cade's stashes, which are basically the places where he stored and hid his journals and a bunch of other recordings um, that you actually get to read while you're doing it to repair his gun. And among these recordings are basically like a list of people he thinks killed him. <laughs> like they're basically like, <laughs> and a lot of them are really hilarious because a lot of them are like his friends. <laughs> like one of them is like Kor, which we mentioned earlier is the warlock who uh, who defeated him in the Crucible. And I think for her, he's like, "You just got sick of me, didn't you? You just got sick of my jokes. You can't handle fun. You just had to kill me." That's a very Deadpool thing for him to do. Yeah, it's it's very much like he basically made tapes to play for the people that killed him after he died, so that when people find it, so when people look for his stuff, they have to play the tapes as like a form of like petty vengeance. Because <laughs> even then, he still has to get the last laugh. 
And I think that's fucking hilarious. But I can imagine Kate like recording these and he's like, oh, that one was fire. All right. Next on the track. And he's like, who else am I roasting? Oh, this is going to be great. <laughs> All right. And that's one off the shit list. All right. Here's another one off the shit list. But um, they're obviously jokes, but there are some like really heartfelt ones among there. Like, especially when it does come to his friends. Like he obviously does be like, oh, he got sick of me. Didn't you? He just had to kill me. But there's obviously ones where it's just like, well, they didn't want to have to kill me. I'm happy it was you kind of thing. And it's kind of just like, mm. oh, yeah. right in the feels. It wasn't him that killed you, though. Oh. That's what makes it worse. Because you can imagine mm. Cade writing these. And he's like, yeah, I mean, if he had to kill me, I'm happy it was him. Mm. So, but after you go through the obvious of, uh, you know, kicking you in your open wound story mission, you eventually get the Ace of Spades actual handgun and you repair it and everything. And it is actually a really fun gun because it has a perk on it called Firefly, which is basically an ability where if you kill someone with a headshot, they explode. <laughs> cool. It's yeah, funny it's really that they cool. named it Firefly. <laughs> <laughs> is that like a slight nod reference to uh, the voice actor of Cade? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, is he voiced by Nathan Fillion? He yep. is. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they did a lot. They do a lot of stuff like that. They, especially the voice actors, they do a lot of fun stuff. Like Nathan Fillion fucking loves being Cade, and he even when Cade died, he was like, "Nah, Cade's not dead." I refuse to believe they just killed Cade off. Like he was <laughs> like in, he was like in the fandom. He's like, "No, Cade is not dead. I refuse." <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite ones though was Lance Riddick. Rest in peace, the the legend. Oh uh, there's man, a, rip. There was a meme about a voice line that Zavala, the character Lance Riddick plays, and uh, Lance Riddick decided to live stream himself saying the line, but adding a bunch of other stuff onto it to make it even longer because the voice line was known to be notoriously long. Mm-hmm. So he was like, "Oh," I'm, and he he did it as he did it for fun as a joke. He was like, "I'm going to make this meme even better." <laughs> Man, rest his soul. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. very he's very awesome. It's also really sad because apparently he passed away playing Destiny the day beforehand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. He was, a, he was a huge Destiny fan. Yeah, he was fucking... He, he was, like, in the trenches. Like, he was... He did a raid the night before. He was, like, partway through one of the raids and he put an end to it. Mm. Yeah. Man. That's like, yeah, like, the voice actors for Destiny are in there. They're, they're, they're gamers, too, playing along with us, which I think is fine. Like, I'm imagining you, like, boot up a strike People have a mission, and you just hear "Hello, Guardian." Just fucking Zavala's voice kicking. You're just like, Whoa, <laughs> Zavala, is that you? <laughs> yeah. Epic. Wow, that's cool, but, but also yeah. depressing. Yeah, Aww. but this was our first uh, Destiny episode, which I hope to cover more because I fucking love Destiny. Like I said, I've been invested in it for like eight years of my life. I have a son whose middle name is named after Cade. Fucking, that's I have a fucking cool. ghost. <laughs> I have a fucking <laughs> destiny. I have a destiny ghost decal in my car. I have the collector's edition books. Like, don't even get me started. <laughs> Hell yeah! But Mm-mm-mm. did our did did my lovely uh, people listen to me vent and express my love about Kate? Enjoy this. You know, I think you came off quite succinctly. What uh, What about you, Johnny? I loved it, man. Like, as a fan of Destiny 1 and 2, like, since day dot, some of the stuff I didn't know, so that's why I was just quiet listening. I'm like, oh, my God, really? What? 
huh? No way. <laughs> I'm just like, I've, I've got to say shit. That's what I'm here for. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just find it fascinating. I was learning stuff and like, I, I did a, I did a little bit of a fangirl squeal when you're like, you, you dropped what we'll be talking about. Cause I was just like, oh, cool. Kate, you know, he's one of the most interesting characters on the game. So I thought it was cool. Love yeah, it definitely that. makes me can't wait for my Destiny 1 CD to come in the mail. So <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Yes, it's going to be very fun. I hope you enjoy it. Any other questions? Any comments? Any Anything else you guys want to discuss before we sign off? Um, well, we have to give our obligatory shout outs to our, uh, you know, just our obligatory shout outs near the end. If you stuck around this long, thank you very, very much. We hope we really do hope you enjoyed listening to us and very big thank you to Johnny for joining on us tonight for this or well tonight for us afternoon for him <laughs> so yeah been, yes so yeah been a, been a great pleasure having you on so and uh, as far as patreon shout outs if you like what you hear and want to support this and want to support the show maybe even have us do episodes weekly uh, just follow the link in the yeah, just follow the link in the description and uh, you know, donate a buck or however generous you feel like being. And uh, so as far as Patreon shoutouts, we have the Noble Slappy, the Honorable Knight Sir Flub de Montfort, and a correction from last episode, the Honorable Knight Astronautical. He tried to pull a fast one on, on us last episode. <laughs> so thank you, gentlemen, and a huge thank you to just everyone else in the Discord, too, for just making this little community of ours possible and just you know making it fun so we always we, we like it you know to be very tight-knit and as uh, john o can attest to the wonderful folks at hobby happy hour um so if you want to do a shout out for them feel free uh yeah man like um if, if you don't know who the hobby happy hour is it's uh me and um some other dipshit guy from england <laughs> we do we just talk shit pretty much but it's basically more aimed at the modeling hobby aspect of like uh 40k and miniature painting um you can find us on instagram uh you can just basically google us man the hobby happy hour all our links are there um we've got some cool links for some discounts and some other stuff yeah so you know feel free to check us out and um just a big massive shout out to you guys for having me on man it's been a blast i love it this is great having you here so thank thanks yeah, a lot for coming back on again yeah man well, I'll, I'll come back like, if you offer your you extend your offer to me i'm more than happy to come back and talk more shit actually oh, you I'll know we will talking. <laughs> <laughs> that's so insidious <laughs> <laughs> put him down for the orc episode <laughs> yes writing that down in our notes now <laughs> you guys do notes fuck <laughs> you guys are way more professional than us yeah my god you guys are elite <laughs> please <laughs> I mean if you want to see my notes you can happily join the Patreon and see <laughs> because uh, my, my notes become available the ep- when when the episode drops and becomes available a new episode every two weeks I will post my notes to that respective um, episode in the Patreon and perhaps maybe the Discord. I haven't decided on if I'm posting the Discord yet, but for the Patreon, 100%, the notes will always be available on there. Indeed, yeah. indeed. But any closing statements? Anyone want to make a quick dick joke? Nothing? 
No, but I did find this nice little gun from a lovely vendor here at this little tower of ours. It looks something more for my dwarfish size. Look at it scroll here. Little cricket. All right, let's see how this thing goes. Come on!